Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Realest podcast ever. I ain't even gonna waste no time. It's show week, bitches. Absolutely. How do you feel about it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, we started off to a roaring start. VIP sold out. Uh, reserve seating sold out. General admission. Blue. There you go. Spooky. Spooky on the GAs. You know what I'm saying? We've had some good ticket movement the last uh, week or so. Shout out to everybody that, you know, picked up your tickets. It's no, though. It's not a bad seat in the house. I don't know why everybody's so, like, people don't even, people aren't even asking me, hey, what's included in the VIP? They're not even asking. I need VIP. Where are the, VIP? Where are the VIPs that yeah. I need them? I'm, I'm going to keep it above with you. The next show, if we do another show. It's all, VI- it's all VIP. It's not trying to be funny. We're going to do it at the link. <laughs> and we're gonna do sixty-seven thousand VIP, VIP yeah. tickets and sell that shit out yeah, no matter absolutely. what. Absolutely, because everyone wants to be VIP. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. I've had people go as far as offer me more money than what the VIPs cost, mm-hmm. and be like, "Ah, can I get them in a couple weeks though?" And it'd be like, "Just get the GAs." You Dog. understand? Yeah, get the GAs now. You can get mad GAs now. You can get now. mad You can get a whole row of GAs. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. It's like flying on a, a, a economy. Like, you can get the whole row. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, first class. You lift the armrest up, you by yourself. Yeah, I don't know if you know. It's all It's all in the same building. It's yeah. all one place. Yeah, yeah. Get your tickets, man. TRP6.eventbrite.com. Uh, we are down to the wire with this thing. I think we are, what, five days away now, Dan? Five, yeah, days? five days? Yeah, five days away now. Five. Five. Uh, 20 tickets going. We got another 120 in the tuck. Yeah, something to that effect. Something to that effect, man. Shout out to everybody that bought your tickets already. We love you. We appreciate you. Shout out to people buying multiple tickets on some, like, giving them and bringing extra yeah. people and putting yeah. people on. Like, shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to Kev, Anwar, Dunbar. Shout out to Marv. Yes. Jules. You know what I'm saying? Like... Make sure y'all come, uh, you know, look, looking, looking good, looking spectacular. It's going to be some, uh, some, some successful in the city folks in the building. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we've invited some people from the media. We don't know if they're showing up or yeah. not. We invited them. Um, I'm going to look good from head to ankle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've, already, I've already told myself. Yeah, Matt's searching for shoes. I with told him he get with a Z at the end. We're going to see how that, how that turns out. Shoes! <laughs> <laughs> You'll see how that turns out. Uh, fig- find out on Sunday. Find out <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, we caught a break. Do y'all know why we caught a break with this show? Eagles game is Saturday mm. instead of Sunday. Oh, right. We would have been fucked. Well, not really. People, they, 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 we got some Eagles fans, but for the most part. Yeah. Know. Well, the women would have been in the building. Yeah, they, well, these, these bitches, they, <laughs> it, it's some E-A-G-L-E-S-S. Assholes <laughs> running around. Couple linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> So, shout out to the NFL uh, for scheduling the Eagles on Saturday against the Giants. So, if you're in Philly this weekend, the move is Eagles game Saturday, TRP Sunday. How do you feel about the, the NFL hijacking Martin Luther King night? 
That's wild. That was kind of I'm wild. like, I'm looking, I'm like, yo, when do the Cowboys and the Buccaneers play? I'm looking on like Saturday. I'm like, I'm seeing all these games going off. I'm like Monday. I'm like, Monday? Yeah. We playing the playoffs on yeah. a Monday? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Aren't I, we the racist team <laughs> on Martin Luther King? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Mara's uh, over-under yesterday was nine and a half points. If you would have bet him to have under one and a half points, that joint was paying like 14 to one. That's nuts. Yeah. He made you a quick 15, 16 grand off a stack. Whew. Crazy. Yeah, it was an interesting game last night. Uh, no we don't, field goals and missed every extra yeah, point. Every single one. one. Point. <laughs> Crazy as shit. He stinks. I'm surprised he got the ride back uh, on the team bus. I think what it is, the fact that they were blowing him out. And they couldn't. The Bucks couldn't stop them. Yeah. So it was like we're gonna win this game. We don't need these. Away. So it's like whatever. But it's like, do you imagine that shit would have came down to like a field goal? Oh or yeah, you get you get you get jumped. Yeah. You get jumped. This playoff, this playoff win bonuses on the line. It's legacy on the line. Cowboys, you know, don't really win in the playoffs. It's like all types of shit attached to that. You can't be the idiot kicker that ruins that. Yeah. Places out. Yeah. The, the yeah. gifts and the memes were just. <laughs> Somebody found a video from like a Tubi. Uh, what was the movie with Russell Simmons and him had back in the day? Um, with Sheila E. and all of them. Uh, 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 crush Groove. Crush groove. Somebody found like a 2B Crush Groove and it was like a breakdance competition. Nigga was like, are you afraid to kick that shit? He's like, I ain't gonna hold you, man. They good. I am afraid to kick that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I said, where the fuck are y'all finding Ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. I think it was Diddy the other day was like, I ain't gonna hold you. I want to be in the 2B movie. Somebody was like, you probably are. <laughs> just look around. Walk past. I walked past the scene and shit. There, Somebody had a joke the other day with a chick getting shot in the two movie. Did you see that? <laughs> she with the knife. The nigga got the blick. He running from her. He let off two shots. She went, boom. No, what the fuck is this? Oh, she. Oh, you possessed. Them two movies is funny as shit. Yeah. I see the one joke right. The boy come save his girl from being kidnapped. And and no no bullets came out the gun. <laughs> like pow pow. Pew pew. We're gonna have a good show Sunday. We're gonna have a great show. Shout out to all our sponsors: Fourteenth and Market, Hennessy, uh, Polished Essence, DTLR. I think uh, One Fam Radio, <laughs> Sandbox, Lane's Carpet Cleaning. Lane's Carpet Cleaning. Dre said he booked out. Damn. Yeah, so he booked out for like the foreseeable future and shit. You know Let's get saying? it. The power of TRP, I think. I don't think we had something to do with it. I think. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, L&W L- L- uh, Interior Concepts, SLX Studio. Uh, we got giveaways from SLX Studio. Uh, Reef, where are you at? I need the bag. Yeah. Lord's Playground, we giving away a bag, allegedly. If not, hit up Reef. Spam yeah. his comments. Dre said, Dre said, yeah, man, my shit booked out, man. I'm like, well, here's the thing. Niggas' carpets is filthy. <laughs> so it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The carpets You're is like, filthy. You're like, damn, now that y'all mentioned it, I should clean this shit I ain't clean these carpets in 14 summers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I have some pure fuel hydro energy. What is that? From Doobie. It's a plant-based energy drink. Okay. Nice, 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 man. Shout out to Doobie. Doobie's like, uh, Doobie's one of those, like, uh, silent... But deadly forces in the in the Philadelphia market at large, whose whose hand reaches out very far. He's an advocate for TRP, trying to help us land some really big interviews, man. If, if, shout if out, the shout yes out, brother. Yes or no, dude. he don't care. He still is going to try to make it happen. Yeah, 
Because the biggest problem, me and Dan talk about this all the time. The biggest problem that we have with people that can be advocates for us to get shit done is most of them are just scared to ask. Yeah, they're just petrified. Like, they're they just, don't want to lose their spot. They do not. they like, man, I got, it's four spots on, on the on the helicopter. I'm not losing I'm not my spot, to. nigga. I'm not losing my spot. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, a, a nigga from Boston be in my spot, like, when I'm going to tell my bitches then, once yeah. I get demoted. You know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah, do be somebody that is well-respected. He's got his hands in a lot of different pots. He's been, you know, he worked in the sports field as an agent years and years ago. Partners with, you know, I don't know what we want to say who, but he got his hands in a lot of different stuff. Like, he, he he's the man. You know what I'm saying? And, um... You know, he's somebody that's not afraid to go to the biggest of the biggest of people that he know and be like, need a favor. Yeah. yeah. Do my God show. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Doobie, man. Uh, I want to start out hot today. The hottest topic. Oh, you the- want to d- discuss nothing for the? Yeah. What, what, what is the hottest topic? The hottest topic right now on the nigger net at large, Lori Harvey back at it again. <laughs> I don't know what oh, button. I must have missed this at all. I don't, yeah, I, I want to just hit all of these. I don't know what button to hit. What happened with her? Lori Harvey is now dating Damson Idris from Snowfall. From Snowfall. Yes. Okay, I did see a picture. And I didn't know they was dating. I did yeah, they are dating. It's a, They are Instagram official, which is like how you knight people in the black community. Yeah. You go on the gram. Yeah, if with it come on the gram. If it come on the gram, it's like, come on now. Yo, I said it the other day, I, you know, and, I, and I'm in a situation where, you know, I'm going to be married soon. And yeah. I'm like, damn, I don't know if, if, if I like Lee that much because I, I actually post her, not an emoji. Because <laughs> oh, that, that nowadays is a way to show that you're in a serious relationship. Yeah, locked it's, in. Locked in is to post a picture with a big-ass emoji over yeah. the person. And it's like, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, it's not that deep. <laughs> we do not care. Just post that woman's husband and go. <laughs> <laughs> post that married gentleman and just go ahead and vouch your via. You, in fact, are bringing more attention. Yeah, because now people are playing Inspector Gadget <laughs> instead of just tapping past the picture in your story. Because why is it a big-ass white man with a... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Big-ass mustache emoji over his <laughs> face. Look at that tattoo, scars. Yeah, the boy got stabbed in the hand, right? <laughs> it just makes no sense. But that—that that is the way to knight people. Now yes. So their Instagram the official, Lori Harvey, Damson Idris, and um, the internet went absolutely ape shit because apparently her ex, Michael B. Jordan, and her next, Damson Idris, are buds. They've been in a bunch of pictures, not one or two pictures, a bunch of pictures together, hanging out, just some black young brothers kicking it, you okay. know what I'm saying? Talking about acting and having sex with white women, probably. I don't know, I wasn't there. Uh, but it's like, hey, man, every about six months or so, we have one of these where it's like, it's time to talk about Lori Harvey again. And uh, last time we talked about it, and the time before we talked about it, I told y'all what it is. She's a man-eater. She is the female future. Which is why they ultimately, I think, will find their way back to one another at some point because they are the same fucking person. I'm going to be honest the with yin you. Yin and yang and version I, this, of it. This might be a wild take. I don't see a problem with anything Lori Harvey do. I knew you were going to pander today. I don't think it's right. <laughs> you are pandering. I came ready for your pandering. Okay, so <laughs> let, let me ask this. Should she not date? No, it's not that she shouldn't date. And here's the thing. She can do whatever she wants. Any woman can do whatever they want. However, the perception of what she's doing is that essentially she's sport fucking. 
And there is no sustainable way for any woman to sport fuck for an extended amount of time without there being one, a public backlash, um, two, some sort of mental toll that is taken on you as a result of all of these different things. And then three, people's opinions being placed upon you and your situations to try to surmise what is going on because the thought process is that normal women don't behave in this manner. <clears throat> and with that in mind, it becomes a situation where it's like we try to like do mental gymnastics and move the goalposts for certain situations where it's like, oh, if it was me, I would do the same thing. And it's like, I'm here to tell you as a soon to be 40 year old man, that's like been through the rigmarole of dating relationships, being a hoe, being a cheater, being cheated on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's dysfunctional when men do it also. So, just because she takes the time to call these niggas her boyfriend for 38 days doesn't change the fact of what's going on here. I think, okay, so your stance is that it's trifling if anybody does it. Whoever. Okay. My, I think my stance is more so I don't, I, don't, I don't care. But I will say that if Lori Harvey DMs me... <laughs> I'm going to see what that be about. For sure. So that, that, and that's the reality. It's like, there are a gazillion Lori Harvey's, just like it's a gazillion futures. It's futures with no hits. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? It's futures with no platinum albums. So I just look at it where it's like, whatever. I just think it's, I think the way, think about sport fucking, you know, like Tinder and uh, uh, Google, not Google. What they, what's the other one? Bumble. Bumble. Bumble, Tinder. Bumble probably less than Tinder because it's an app where it's women-centric. So Bumble is basically designed, and what was genius in it is the women have to make the connections. So there's a study that's out there that basically says on Tinder, women only swipe right for like 4.5% of the time. So in general, most women find most men detestable. Mm -hmm. Even if they are themselves an average or below average women, they still, woman, they still find men detestable on the whole. And most women are mentally trained to only see the top 10 to 30% of men. Mm -hmm. And that is like their standard, which is, and, and the problem with that dichotomy is that when men that are eights, nines, and tens sleep with women that are fours, fives, and sixes, it tricks them into believing that they deserve a man that's an eight, nine, or a ten, or that that's their mark. When in reality, men will fuck anybody. Mm -hmm. Because men don't necessarily always have that sort of, uh, that pronunciation of you're handsome, you're whatever, whatever, whatever from a young age. Yeah, that, that women do where it's like a woman, a beautiful woman is told she's beautiful, even if she's not from the time she's one years old. A man ain't told, oh, you're beautiful and this, 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 this most times. So we don't necessarily have it programmed in ourselves so, so that me, so, we should be dating on our level <laughs> or dating or fucking with some sort of standard. We just fuck everybody and just so, figure it out later. So let me ask you this. Let's look at somebody like a future, mm -hmm. right? Who do you think gets more of a bad thing put on them society-wise? Future or Drake? Future. Right. Who do you think is actually way worse? Drake. You see what I'm saying? But so Drake I look at gets it, it on a whole... They give him other shit. 
Meaning they they try to say like, oh, he's grooming women. He had he. Why is he texting Millie Bobby Brown? <laughs> uh, she's seventeen. Why is he? Why does she have his phone number? And he likes young women. Like they've tried to put the R. Kelly shit on him. Okay, I look at it like this. <clears throat> I haven't seen Lori do anything that to me where I was just like, the fuck is she doing? I I, I just like, so the father and son that didn't rock you at all. That's wild. <laughs> but, but you remember you had the, the famous tweet. Bitches back in the day used to cry. Now they just fuck your dad. Yeah. And it's like, yo. It's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I just think it's, it's I don't think she's on an island. No, 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 no. The way no, people no. try to portray No, 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 no. That's no, no, more no, no. so what I'm saying. No, she's not on an island. It's a lot of people on That shit is Tulum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of people down there. No, it's, it's, it's a ton of people on the island. Um... But I've seen this movie play out so many times that I know how it ends. We just saw Brittany Renner in <laughs> real time go from unknown woman, popular Instagram fitness model, fucking everybody with a pulse that's successful, married niggas, niggas with girlfriends, single niggas, whatever, whatever, Colin Kaepernick, Lil Uzi, Future, this nigga, that nigga, da-da-da-da-da. Have a baby by PJ wearing wearing matching PJs on Christmas. Leave him for PJ. PJ Washington from the uh, Hornets. Yo, I swear to God, I thought about PJ Carter. Listen, <laughs> that's a wild life. Like, if he, but PJ Carter. Here's the thing. He got a shot. He got a shot. He got a shot. PJ got a shot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, why I thought did? That's all the PJ Carlisle. It's because yeah. AB is the can man. There's some can yeah. woman's out here. <laughs> Anybody can get it. African, Jamaican, Mexican, <laughs> American. The can man. I remember that stupid shit. Father, son, brother, Everybody cousin, best bud. Anybody can get it. <laughs> the can man. That's real. There's shit. some women that's indiscriminate with that thing, and they yeah. pointing it like a Uzi. You Everybody can get hit. Yeah. So we've seen Brittany Renner go from unknown, established fitness model, getting slutting herself, not even her getting slut out, slutting herself out by the industry, being in love in a in a loving couple, leaving him for cheating and and uh and being particip being a participant in the same perverse behavior that she was that he just saved her from, leaving him for that, going back to the streets, airing everybody out. Telling women it's cool to fuck whoever you want, da 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 da. Now she's online saying, "Oh, I, I regret being promiscuous, and it was a mistake, and I shouldn't have told women to do that because now I'm toxic and untouchable, and no man of value will date me." And it's like, yeah, that's the that's the prize that you get for sport fucking on an elongated period in a public eye, because like you said, Lori's not on that island by herself, but she is the she has become an unofficial mascot for if one what one nigga won't do, another nigga will. Yeah, I'm not only the client, I'm the president. Exactly. exactly. And it's that John where it's like, all right, well, who's to say? Because the 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 slogan that women are running with is if one man don't suit you, find another man. The problem with that is we are inherently assuming by making that statement that the men are the problem. 
if everybody else is the in every other aspect of life, if everybody else is the problem is, is is allegedly saying that you're the problem, you're the problem. Right. So how is it that every single man she dates, no matter how successful, how rich, how handsome, how accomplished, they're all being made to be the problem when she moves on from them? Because women are not viewing this with an earnest and honest lens of she is sport fucking and that's what this is. She's she is Ash Ketchum, and she is catching all the pokey niggas. But what if that's just people are putting... Has she ever come out and said that? Come out and said what? I'm sport fucking. No, but I have eyes. No, but I'm just <laughs> saying the way, like, the, the media will put whatever they want to put. Like, how we just said, the whole Drake and Future issue. So it's like people will kind of just put whatever connotation they want to put on whatever the fuck you're doing. When in reality, it's like, I know me when I was younger. I dealt with a, I dealt with a bunch of people at the same time. There's, a, there's therapists that will tell you that there's one, something wrong with being a serial monogamous, and then two, there's also something wrong with batch dating also, depending upon who the therapist is that yeah, I don't you necessarily through. think it was the healthiest thing, but, you know, I also was... Yeah. I was Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That old country buffet <laughs> four times a week. So it's like, yeah, you're participating in multiple unhealthy. Uh, they call it gluttony. Glut- it yeah. is gluttony. Beautiful. Yeah. You're 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 participating in Give me some hand claps. It's, in, not, it's yeah. rare I get the word. Of the yeah, week. no, you nailed it. <laughs> no, you nailed that. You did that. You did that. Uh, when you're per- when you're participating in lifestyle gluttony, societal gluttony, dating gluttony, whatever, whatever. Any, like a two-bit therapist could diagnose you in four minutes. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're masking some sort of insecurity. You're dealing with something that you're running from, da-da-da-da-da. You're trying to find fulfillment or joy in these in five women because you don't have it in yourself, da 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 That's an easy one. Like, I'm not even a therapist, and I can, like, diagnose a motherfucker because I was that person. And it's just like, as someone... <laughs> as someone that objectively can just look at this for what it is and see these same women, it's because it's the same women that prop up Lori Harvey, admonish Future and Drake for being whoremongers. It's like, wait a minute. Like, what's the standard here? Is it okay? Because in reality, y'all all whores and y'all would do the same thing if given the opportunity. Um, and y'all are just choosing not to because of societal norms, et cetera, et cetera. Or is it that, you actually don't believe in this and you're just participating in groupthink and just wanting to be a part of the, the, the way the water is moving on this particular topic and just letting this woman just do whatever and y'all just like, fuck it. I can understand the argument. I, I truly can. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I truly understand what you're saying. I, I think it's just, how old is she? Like 26 or something like that. Yeah, I just think she's getting it in out there. Yeah, she she was she was engaged to Lewis Hamilton at a I think it was that was who it was. It was Lewis Hamilton, the race, race car, car driver. Yeah, okay. That's how we discovered her. Steve Harvey's uh, step. We thought she was his real daughter. It turned out stepdaughter, whatever. whatever took his last name. He raised her. Blah blah blah. She was dating and engaged to Lewis Hamilton, and since then it's been this constant barrage of all this public. That's the only part that I disagree with inherently is the public nature of it. Like, you got to go public with every nigga because you're trying to create this distinction. And this is me diagnosing the situation. I could be wrong. Feel free to slander me. 
you're trying to create the public distinction that, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a hoe because these are all my boyfriends. And it's like two things can be true. You can be a hoe and these are still your boyfriends. Because if you had 14 boyfriends in a row, that's dysfunctional behavior. And that's the whole thing that I'm trying to get to is the root of the issue, which is the dysfunction around it. And it's dysfunctional if a man or a woman does it in such a pronounced, very public, hey, look at what I'm doing type of manner. But I, I'll be honest, I, it, it's what I, it's like the norm now from a lot of these. Yes. People. You know how people you follow? Y'all are all fried. Okay. <laughs> like, but you know how people you follow, you be like, damn, she with him now? Or yeah. damn, that, that's, that's. Yes, yeah, like I've seen Lori Harvey's on a micro level and on a macro level. Absolutely. So I, I more so look at it where it's like, okay, you, you date Lewis Hamilton, then you date Future, then you date Elvis. I mean, not Elvis. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Michael B. Jordan. Before that, it was uh, Trey Songs and Justin Combs and Sean Combs. Who's Sean Combs? Puff. Puff. Oh, yeah, the father. <laughs> the father's son. You date Puff. You date Shawnee. I mean, uh, Justin Combs. Were, in, were these at the same time? No, but they were right up against each other. It's serial monogamy. Yeah. And I, there's crossover because most, if not all, of these men have some sort of personal, professional relationship with one another. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I just look at look at look at look at rap niggas and ball niggas, and they they fuck with the same nine bitches. They are weirdos too. Okay, so everyone then everyone your, your stance is everyone's fine. everyone's a weirdo. Okay, I'll be fucking up and eight million bitches. You see what I'm saying? Like if I'm a if I if I if I work this hard to become say like Shay Gilgis Alexander is his you know his girlfriend is his same girlfriend from Canada. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like because together, yes, because yeah. that's my girlfriend. If a if I go and I fuck Ari Fletcher, she ain't my girlfriend. She's G Herbo's baby mom first. She money bag yo girl second. Whoever she dated in between, she allegedly had a romp with Meek. Whatever, whatever. She's not my girlfriend. My girlfriend is my girlfriend that hasn't been imprinted by all these other successful niggas or whatever, whatever, to where now she feels like I can only date a man of a certain stature. That's not my girl. But if I'm that rich, it's a billion bad bitches. Yes. You can have your the pick of the litter. Yeah. Look at Drake. You random DMs. Yeah, the, 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 the Dubai princes and the Saudi princes and all of that, they're not saying, hey, Instagram model, come be my girlfriend. They're saying, hey, Instagram model, come eat my shit because you have been ran through by a bunch of nothing-ass niggas for the last five years. Take this 50 grand, and I'm going to have a shower party on you. And pet my tiger. <laughs> so what do, what do you want to see exactly? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do a podcast. Yeah. I don't have solutions. I just got theories. I don't know. I can't see this shit through. There's I don't no fucking answer. know. Yeah, There's no I answer. I can't see this shit through. It's funny. There's no answer. <laughs> I think I just look at it where I don't think she's doing anything out that odd. I, I don't. I, I really don't. Like, I, I've seen crazier shit. Oh, yeah. No. I, as a follow-up, I have some more crazier shit like, to like, go along with this. Like, you just mentioned Brittany <laughs> Renner. I've seen her. Like, at least Lori Harvey isn't, like, out, like... What the fuck? Get that pussy up, girl. Like it ain't it, to me. It's not that. <laughs> Where I see that from other women in the industry and around yeah. the world. And what do they all do at the end of it? 
this was wrong. I shouldn't have said this. This was a bad message. I yeah, don't believe I, I, in this I, I, anymore. But, the, but that, the, the thing for me, I don't, at least, I don't know. Maybe I'm viewing it wrong. I don't know. But I just look at it where it's like, you, you once you got a public eye on you too, I think things change. Because think about how many people you've dated or dealt with that did, people don't know about. Did you know who Jay-Z was dating before he locked in with Beyonce? Uh, Somebody's bitch. I don't know. You didn't know. If he, well, he had if he, Luke Cantrell, he all had, rumored. Um, and keep in mind, paparazzi wasn't as pronounced then as it is now, but there was paparazzi. So what I'm saying is, if you're in a public eye, there's a way to like Kanye just got married allegedly, and we didn't even know. Like he just popped up married. So it's like, he, but I think he was coming off of the upper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but I'm just saying, there's a way to do whatever you're doing, even at the highest level, because she's a socialite. She ain't Oprah. There's a way to do whatever you're doing in a manner where it's like nobody knows. And you could just fly under the radar and nobody knows what the fuck you're doing. So who posted the pictures of her? Both of them. Oh, okay. They posted them. Well, I mean, they're together, right? Yes. I, I don't know. I, I, I view it as like you dating and moving around. And where we at now, it's not like back in the day where it was like, we was having this conversation the other day. You know how like the whole being a kept woman, like what it is is people will try to take little bits and pieces from the old school way and try to incorporate it. With it's the like they're trying school. to be hybrid. They're trying to be modern when it suits them and traditional when it suits them. And that to me, you, you can't, can't do, do that. that. You either I, in now, or you out. Right. So like a lot of women that <clears> had a thing like, oh, a man should do, should pay everything. And yeah, well, you look at that was tradition. Like, but at the same token, it's like. Yo, if you get married, tradition is the father of the bride pays for the wedding. Yeah. Y'all throw that out. Y'all don't have any dads. You see what I'm saying? That <laughs> so so that, that economy is just out the window. You look at, you know, look at Gabrielle Union. She was like, I felt like in the relationship I was in, I paid all Wish the I bills. Wish I had a bomb. <laughs> I paid all the bills, so yeah. I feel like. Where have we heard that rhetoric before? Right. And motherfuckers got flamed at, this, at, and, and, but the, at the bar this before. This is what I'm saying. Where it's like people will compare that to like. Auto, like you'll hear people say, "Oh, well, the men, ba- ba- old school men back in the day paid everything," and it'd be like, "Well, yeah, they did, but at the same time, they had another family down the street, and nobody bothered them, mm-hmm. so they was allowed to run amok." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, Big Mama, she got all the bills paid and all that, but Big Mama was in the house. Big Mama never went to All Star Weekend, right? Yeah, Big Mama was not in Tulum. You can imagine Big Mama with a Moo Moo on <laughs> at All Star Weekend at Pablo's Mansion in Tulum. <laughs> it don't work like that. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me is the fact that you got people running around like Lori Harvey's the GOAT whenever she does something. That's what I'm getting to, is the example that she's being made to be a mascot for something that she's not being made, she's not asking to be. Like, if you want to be technical, I'll keep it a buck. Her mom was dealing with a drug dealer nigga who went down, mm-hmm. was dealing with his brother afterwards who also went down, and then locked in with Steve Harvey and got him to claim her kids. Yes. Lori Harvey, mom might be the goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about Y'all Lori. looking at the wrong idol. Y'all, y'all got the wrong goat. Because <laughs> her niggas worth 160 million. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, me personally, though, I, I just don't look at anything she's doing as like, come on, man. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And like some some Chris Berman or Ed Lover, come on, son. Shit. It's not even so much her. It's the, it's the it's the supporters. It's just the kind of same way like 
the, the Tupac fans won't leave me and Clint alone. It's the same yeah, sort of thing. Still, it's like it's, it's, it's the support. It's the supporters of it because it's just like, well, what are you doing your day to day? Like, oh, I wouldn't do it. It's like it's, it goes back to that 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 meme that we discussed. That video, not meme, but like a video that street interview where the guy is like, the good women are standing too close to the hoes and 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 co-signing shit that y'all don't even believe in just for the sake of girl power and womanhood and. And support and it's just like, but then y'all look at men when men do the same shit and be like, How dare you? You know this is wrong. And it's just like, y'all do the same retarded bullshit. Like yeah, we're I'm, all fucked up. Yeah, everybody needs Societally, therapy. we're all fucked up. I said this probably about a year and a half ago on Twitter. My advice to everyone, get therapy. You need it. Dating at this juncture just seems ex- extremely tiring. And 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 so I, you got people that are like, I just want to have my fun. You got people that are like, I'm looking for somebody, but it's like you're looking for somebody on Tinder. That's not you're not getting a relationship out of these Jones nine times out of ten. Um, you know, though you I, I always said this, and I'm a firm believer in this. You can't force love. You can't force a relationship. Absolutely not. That shit has to like come. It just has to it 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 happens. But it's not some shit you like you you ever see like speed dating things? You can't possibly go on a speed dating thing thinking I'm about to get anything out of this. It's a disaster. This is a disaster <laughs> looming. You know what I mean? And you you think about where you at now where you got the Tinder swindler and all these different things and all this shit that go on. It's like, what, 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 what do you expect? Yeah, it's almost like we want to create some form of like blanketed laws for like society, dating, relationships, and this and this and this. And you can literally go from not even like country to country, sometimes state to state in the rules of engagement are different right? based upon the type of people that you're dealing with, stuff like that. If it's more working class, like the shit that goes on in Hollywood, I would imagine doesn't go on in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to like dating and like the circle of influence and stuff like this, let me ask you this and I'll, and I'll pose it to you, Dan. Also, what do you say to the people who say statistically what she's doing is an anomaly because there's roughly four women to every one man globally, whatever the case may be. How is it that she can imagine she can manage to amass all of these one percent men and encapsulate in dating, relationships, sex, whatever, whatever, in such a short amount of time when the statistics say it's almost impossible to do so? I think that goes to like where you at. Like at the end of the day, she is Steve Harvey's daughter. Mm-hmm. So by by proxy, your dad is one of the most successful black men of his generation. So by proxy, you 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 in cons sitting next to Puff. Yeah. You're not on the 48. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're not gonna meet, you know, tattoo on the 48. <laughs> it's just not shout out tat. Like you just it's just not, you know what I'm saying? So by proxy, your dad is Steve Harvey. You dated a a, a how much is Lewis Hamilton worth? Six hundred. Yeah, you're, you're dating almost a billionaire race car driver. Then you dating Future. You've kind of already set the line of demarcation, yeah. if you will, to where it's like, yo, you're only in that type of an environment. That was advocate though. If you're if you're if your father is one of the most successful black men of all time, you created your own economy for yourself with beauty products and this 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 and this and being a socialite. Why do you have to? Why you can't just find a nigga you like and just lock in? Why does I he think have that's to what be, she do, though. Why does he have to be? Obviously not, because nobody's good enough. Nobody lasts. She said that? Michael her, B. Proposed? Her, Michael B. Proposed. They turned him into a meme. 
I mean, but so if Michael B proposes, you have to marry him. Where do you go from there? But I'm I'm just saying in the terms of if you happy or not. Like I know plenty of people who proposed and got rejected or they got married and divorced. if I let me let me tell you this. If whoever out there, my girl now, if we break up, I give us my if I propose to you and you don't accept the proposal, it's over. Like right. Like, but that happens. <laughs> I don't think that again, I don't think that's an anomaly. I think that happens a lot. I, I my biggest thing is I don't think none of this shit is like abnormal. To where it's like it's a one and done or this is some standalone shit. I think all of these things are normal occurrences. I know plenty of people who who date, who date multiple people in a row. And then they like they, somebody. And, and again, back to my original point, they need therapy also. So, so <laughs> if you date somebody and it don't work out, do you just stop? At what point? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me. I'm more so trying to figure out like, right. how, like how does it end on a positive? How it ends on a positive is at some point, if you're just dating, 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 and you and you're lily padding, you're you're leapfrogging from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. At what point do you do any personal reflection and really look at yourself and say, "Well, damn, why did this last relationship not work? Am I the problem? What am I doing?" Well, we here? doing personal Doesn't... reflection at 26, though. I know I wasn't doing that type of shit. I think, I think the age shit is a cop out. Like I don't, I, I, but I think like, because you, live life you, you got, you it, got, bro. you got thirteen year olds that are multimillionaires because they figured out how to fucking work the internet and TikTok and YouTube yeah, and shit like but that. I don't so think I just, thirteen I just, year olds I, understand that's the reason the age of consent is still eighteen. But twenty six ain't thirteen though. So if we, if we say in a twenty six year old forty, that's a cop out. I think that's a cop out. That's a cop out. A twenty six year old in twenty twenty three is far more developed than a twenty six year old was in nineteen seventy, and they had. Houses, they had families, they was married already, they had kids they were responsible for, and everything else. But, so you telling okay, me so that then, these that these people now in 2023 with access to more money, more information, uh, the internet, fucking more glo- the global economy, uh, air travel, all of this shit are not smart, household. are not more smarter and more sophisticated than somebody was in 1975? Can I ask a question? Did Lori Harvey leave all of these people? Because Future said I didn't want her. Well, that's one. Everybody, they, they... The only other one I noticed that was on some, like, at least the way the media played it was the Michael B. Jordan joke. But was Michael B. Jordan really butthurt or was that just, like, memes and jokes? We don't know. Right. So I look at it where it's like, yo, if Future leave you and he's back to his feud shit, should I not date? The only one that I think I, your, at least your theory, to where it's like, this is like, all right, is the, the Puff and his son joke. Yeah, and now she's doing damage control on that, trying to say that that didn't happen. I'm like, so wait, so you mean to tell me when the whole incident unfolded with uh, with you in the car with Trey Songs when you came to the party with Justin Combs and it turned into this whole, and the paparazzi caught you because you tried to duck in the car and all of that, like, and the, and the shoulda duck shit went viral and all of that shit. So you're telling me that there was nothing going on with you and Justin Combs is what you're telling me. But that we just picked this shit out of thin air. He selected you out of all women on the whole fucking internet because he's a, he's an heir of a billionaire. He selected you out of all women everywhere to make it seem like y'all dealt with each other and y'all didn't. And it's like, it's the disingenuous shit like that that's just like, what are we doing here? But then I turn around and look at just Philadelphia, like not even a national or international scale, just Philadelphia and how much of these people business be out in the streets. And it'd be like, this is like, I'm not trying to be funny. It's like the norm. But but if you want to lie to us, you could just say nothing because your normal Lori Harvey, your normal mode of operation is to say nothing because now you're telling us that something didn't happen that we saw happen. 
So it's like the same way Megan told us that she didn't fuck Tori. It's the same energy. And it's just like, wait a minute. Like, you mean to tell me that a nigga that you're not involved with shot you? Like, like I hate to bring it up because he's such a good guy and we root for him and shit. But like LeBron, LeBron has the image of this clean cut, perfect yeah. everything from the beginning, him and Savannah, this and the third. But then when we heard Popeye's push a T, remember? Yeah. You like that, Bron Bron? Everybody's like, wait, what? Then you heard a Yes Jewels shit, and it's just like, ah, oh, shit, all right, it makes kind of sense now. Yeah. So it's like, I think at the end of the day, throwing stones in a glass house is just not what you're supposed to do. And I think it's a lot more Lori Harvey's and Futures than we like to accept as society. Oh, absolutely, it's a lot. And people will literally try to hang these two. I don't know why it's them two. I don't know why. Because they're the same person. No, but I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, the, 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 the uh, like, the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a spokesperson? Yeah, like a spokesperson. They've, they've both things. made themselves mascots for, for toxic behavior. But we've seen way more toxic behaviors from way oh, more Oh, Amber women. Rose is, uh, is up there. Because way more. And, and, and I think about Amber, this. Think about not trying to be funny. Outside of Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100 points, and having a 50-rebound season, what do you think of when you think of... Yeah, had sex with 25,000 women. sex with 25,000 women. Nobody ever be like, Wilt needed therapy. They be like, Wilt was the GOAT. So it's like, I just look at it where it's like, I don't, at least me, I'm not like, damn, she with him? What the fuck is she? I don't, I don't have that ever. Because I know a lot of motherfuckers who date, and, and I don't even look at it on some like, she fucked 25,000 niggas, what the fuck? I don't, I don't... All right, I, so... Let's say tomorrow, let's say in three months from now, for whatever reason, you and Lee break up, the divorce go, I oh, mean, the, 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 the marriage go left, whatever, whatever, some shit happened, da, 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 da. You, you look up and she's in a relationship with Jules. It's not going to be strange to you. Like Julian? Yes. Oh, yeah, that'd be nuts. That would be strange. But at the same so time. So if I'm Michael B. Jordan. And me and Damson Idris, we flying all over. We fucking having sex with white women together and this and this and this. And then you pop up with my ex that I allegedly proposed to. And her media team said that I was heartbroken and this and this and this and all this crazy shit. Am I not supposed to look at this and be like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, but I think things are different in the Illuminati. <laughs> so that's my biggest point. When you're in that. So if it's different, then we can't even compare regular people to it then. Because your main basis of, your, of what you were saying is. Regular people are doing it, too. So if it's different in the Illuminati, then we got to throw regular people completely off the slate. Did you watch Bird vs. Magic on HBO Max yet? Yes. It was excellent. You watch, It mm-hmm. was excellent. Yeah, I, I got a couple things I'm going to tell you all to watch this week that I watched that were really good. But I watched Bird vs. Magic on HBO Max, and they asked Magic Johnson about his transgressions. And Magic was so just like, Brutally honest on the jaw. And the funniest part was Magic Johnson. Did you see what he talked about the Playboy Mansion? Mm-hmm. He was like, I had two people. I had Irvin and I had Magic. I fell into the Magic role when I showed up in L.A. And Magic was a fucking, he was a renegade. He was a psychopath. But Magic fueled me to win five championships. Yeah. I don't become Magic. I don't become you know, Showtime without the Magic Johnson persona. And he was like, Irvin was this smile-a-lot kid from Lansing, Michigan. Magic was Showtime. And because I had both of these people within me, 
Once the championships and the champagne started flowing, I leaned on the magic side. And Dr. Buss was the greatest person for me to be around at that moment because he fueled what Magic Johnson was. So you think about it. You win a game playing for Denver or playing for Chicago or playing for Detroit. You just win the game. But you win the game playing for Dr. Buss in L.A. He's like, I'm going to take you to the Playboy Mansion. And you like, oh, the Playboy Mansion? And he was like, that's the shit I want to be on, and that's the yeah. shit I did. So he was like, you know, I go to the Playboy Mansion, and he was like, it's different from what people think. People have this thing of like, oh, you know, it's just sex and mad sex all the time. And he was like, it wasn't that. He's like, you go to the Playboy Mansion, and you have dinner. Then you, you have a wonderful dinner. Then you watch the newest film. That was the big thing. Like, Hugh Hefner show you the newest yeah. movie in the big theater. And he was like, you know, it was, I'm going to say it was probably, you know, seven women to every guy there. It was a lot more women than it was men. And yes, yeah, sex did happen, but it wasn't like the thing. You know, now you could dip off and go do your thing. And you know, Lord knows I did. And you know, I had a lot of fun there, but that wasn't what it was about. And I'm like, magic is out. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, magic? <laughs> That's all it was That's about. That's all it was about. Like, it was so ridiculous. We're doing all this other popping circumstance to distract from the fact that somebody's getting fucked over here in the corner. Like Jamie Foxx, his first time at the Playboy Mansion, he said, I can't the door open it was like who fuck it like, get out <laughs> who fuck it like so I, I can understand the sentiment but at the end of the day I just don't think it's nothing egregious because it's tons of women and men who date serial date serial fuck all of that shit all of that you're lying. You're a handsome young brother. I know you. I've gotten crazy ass DMs and shit said to me. So I know you've gotten the shit. Not recently. No? No. You gotta log in. Not recently. Have you been on there? I've been on. <laughs> I've been on, man. I don't know. I think my girl too pretty or something. Bitches has left me alone. Like, I don't know what it is. They're like, oh, yeah, nah, fuck it. Uh. Yeah, it's I don't really get no crazy DMs no more. I used to. I used to fall into some crazy shit. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here because I'm saying I've examined myself. I've done the personal development. I've looked inward. I've done the introspection. And I realized that even a lot of what I was doing and participating in was rooted in fucking mental <laughs> health issues and insecurity. I don't know and how true this shit is. I've heard crazier shit about Megan Good than I've heard about I've heard Lori crazy Hart. shit about Megan So, And I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I've heard the shit. So it's like at the end of the day, I, I just... I don't think Laurie that bad. That that's just me. <laughs> These next two stories that I'm going to hit you with, two quick little blurbs. Okay. Are the after effects of the Amber Rose Lori Harvey sexual liberationism of our of our woman and daughters. First up, 22-year-old LSU men's football coordinator, team coordinator Destiny Wilson has a wild orgy with the star wide receiver uh coach Kayshawn Boot and the wide receiver coach and the star player, Kayshawn Boot, and another player and another coach. Uh, have you heard about all of the goings on with this crazy shit? I saw it, but I didn't get all too into so it. So apparently this, this young woman named Destiny Wilson, she, um, you know, I guess went to undergrad at LSU, whatever, whatever, got hired on the football team as an on-campus recruiter or whatever the case okay. may be. Good-looking young woman, whatever the case may be. Good-looking young woman. Um, hey, Dan, can you fill another head while you over there? Light skin, well put together. She got the goods. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Good looking chick or whatever the case may be. So during the SEC championship game in Atlanta, her 
the wide receiver coach, who apparently is regarded as like one of the best wide receiver position coaches in the entire college football system, uh, their star wide receiver, uh, Kayshawn Boutte, um, another coach and another player had a five-on-one with her in the hotel. And the details of which, because it's a college environment and everybody runs their fucking mouth, leaked out to the team or whatever. The head coach found out about the shit. Now, the player, uh, Kayshawn, ended up getting suspended for the game. Didn't even play in the game because it immediately got out. So, got suspended for the game. Originally said that he was going to return for, I guess, his senior year. Changed his mind and said, oh, no, I'm declaring for the draft because it would actually, in actuality, he got kicked off the team because of what happened. The girl got fired. The coach got fired. And that is this whole big fucking uh, internal investigation or whatever going on around mm-hmm. this incident and all of this shit. And there's now like being um, like a, there's like a referendum now online of like, you know, sports commentators, these uh, Manosphere pages and blah, 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 saying like, hey, this is the reason. It's kind of going back to the Patrice O'Neill thing. This is the reason why men and women don't need to work with each other, especially at a young, impressionable age, like 22 years old, when she's surrounded by all these alpha males, these hyper-talented young men, and these people that are in position of power. What are your thoughts on this situation? Uh, We're not blaming Lori Harvey for this. <laughs> no. Okay. Um I'm blaming Amber Rose for this. Okay. Um How am I supposed to feel? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Women's liberation. Um People be having orgies, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Remember old school? I'm here for the gangbang? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the gang. <laughs> you know the strangest part about it with me was that like the sportscaster that broke the story is close to the university, whatever. He was just saying, like, this is, like, the thing where, like, these young upstart coaches like the Sean McVay's of the world and stuff like that get too close to their players. Mm-hmm. To where it's like they're taking team bonding to, like, the next level. Where it's like, oh, damn, you about to hit something? Oh, man, I, I get me a piece. Yeah. And it's just like that part of was crazy to me where it's like two coaches, two people in a leadership position couldn't even recognize, like, even if we fucking turn a blind eye to the three, the, the, the gangbang, we should at the bare minimum not be participating in it. And nobody has any fucking discipline or discernment. The, the, the wrong, I guess, in this situation is the coaches. Absolutely. Y'all wrong. are put in a position to be leaders and to be fucking, you know, guidance figures for these young men. Y'all are completely out of pocket. Completely. 100%. Um... The player football the, these niggas got CTE. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> from from eight. <laughs> That's just it. They they got CTE. Um. Again, though, I think we at times, as especially, my biggest issue is us in this position because there are thousands of people that listen to us. Yes. just us in particular. Let alone the rest of the podcast. And because world. of that, I try to always be responsible and make sure that I'm giving people the right message. And even if I'm saying some bullshit, give people the disclaimer. Like I'm kind of probably on some bullshit with this, but this is just what I'm thinking. I think that we've reached a point in again the throwing stones in a glass house. People are into some crap. I watched Magic Johnson on that Bird vs. Magic straight tell the motherfucker on camera. Like, 
sex with multiple women magic? He said, yeah, you know, I've had two, three. Yeah, one time I had six. Like, it, it just, it sound crazy yeah. when you can't get six bitches in a room. But if you can get six bitches in a room, like, perfect example. The shit we always refer to on this joint is what? Oh, American Pimp. No, Pimp C. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you niggas think you're doing something. Think, think you're doing, doing some fly shit. Some fly <laughs> shit. Out here having these motherfucking orgies. Like, it's motherfuckers who heard that and was like, yeah, Pimp talking some real shit. This shit is weird. Y'all niggas yeah. is crazy. It's the other also, 90%. And this niggas who heard it was like, man, Pimp need to shut his motherfucking ass up. <laughs> That's reality because what you into might not be what I'm into and vice versa. I know motherfuckers who got off on that party shit. Yeah. Like way too off on it. I told oh, you. I told, I've told it a million times on here. I got invited to a situation <laughs> where it was like, I'm, I'm at the nigga crib and it was like the chick there. And it was like, he, he's just standing. I'm just like, yo, what's up with you? No, go ahead. I'm chilling. Go do your thing. And it's just like, you gotta, gotta play get, the game. You gotta get the fuck out of <laughs> here. And he, you could tell he was, like, just into that shit going yeah. on. Whereas, like, it's other motherfuckers that's me was like, man, Pimp gonna be so disappointed <laughs> in me. <laughs> Why am I even here? I think the main thing that I, that I took from this is just, like, it's irresponsible on everybody's behalf. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, at the bare minimum, don't do it during SEC Championship Week. Like, when you got, like, a big game coming up and... Like all the spotlight and all this, all these Didn't eyes Meek are on Did Meek say some shit? Of, he had like a, a eighteen person orgy. Or so, is am I making that up or no? He said something. It, it might have not, might not have been eighteen, but it was something wild. It was in the teams. it was wild. It was he. I think it was either it was on a plane or somewhere. Yeah, some wild shit. Some shit he said, yeah. and it's like, look at Nelly tip drill. Like, do you honestly think when the camera stopped rolling that the tip drill video said it was like? All right, everybody, thanks for coming out. The yeah. video was around the orgy. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, it just... I just think that, in general, this is a situation where men can learn from. Women also, but men especially. You need to have dick discipline. And you need to know mm -hmm. what's a good idea and what's a bad idea. Participating in the orgy on his face, not necessarily a bad idea. SEC Championship Week, she's she's a team coordinator. You you two niggas is coaches. You the star wide. Like, this is weird. Yeah. Like, this is just dumb to do because now everybody's life is changed and the whole and you've tainted a prestigious program because of you were horny. Like, and that in itself to me reads like nobody read the room and was like, nobody was the voice of reason and was like I should put my dick up. Yeah. Nobody said that. Nobody went uh AC Green, full AC Green. Yeah. They said when they was running around Showtime, they said that Magic and John Sally and them said a bunch of bitches to the locker room. I mean, to his hotel room. Yeah, AC Green cursed them niggas out. AC Green called a meeting the next day. <laughs> you niggas send them hoes to my Yo, room again? I ain't with that flip-flop <laughs> shit. <laughs> you niggas. Like, you see this cross right yeah, here, nigga? Yeah. I believe in this. Blood of Jesus. <laughs> nigga, like, like, it's real. So, again... It's it like not trying to be funny, yo. It's motherfuckers that's into watching their wife get fucked. Yeah, they call them cuckolds. Big facts. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet. Like I haven't had a motherfucker approach me like doing anything tonight, man. Come over here, hit my wife while I watch. Like I haven't had that, John. But I know, motherfuckers have said that to me. They've been out at the yeah. bar. Motherfuckers start talking to him like, yeah, my wife look good, don't she? And be yeah, like, yeah, my man said he was in Cancun. Said the nigga swam over. Swam over. Yes. He said. Slam over. 
Yo. I ain't saying, what's up, Playboy? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm from Detroit, whatever, whatever. You mean, you hit mine, I hit yours. What's up? She with it. Yeah. It's like, hello? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Yeah. Think about swingers clubs and all of that crazy ass shit. True story. It's a, it's, it was a, 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 a sex orgy joint going on right around us. <laughs> no, I'm saying like that shit. You, you'd be surprised, man. It was right in our orbit. Yeah. Get on that Instagram. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you the players. <laughs> show you the orchestrator. I'll show you the conductors. <laughs> and, it, and it ain't who you thought it, who you, who you think it might be. I'll show you who pulling the strings out this <laughs> motherfucker. Like, seriously. And these is regular everyday men. Yeah. And regular everyday chicks. Chicks who you are going to gram and be like, oh, damn, she seems so nice. And she be posting, you know, shit in the crock pot. Man, listen, it's going down. I got one more. And I don't and I don't judge. That's the, 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 the part I'm trying to, like, show and make you understand. I don't judge regardless because I know at the end of the day, the people going to do what they going to do. Yeah, I don't know if I judge people on the act as much as, like, bad decision making. And the fact of, like... If you have something to lose, you shouldn't lose it because you horny. Just throw it. You get what I'm saying? I agree with that. Like, if I'm... If, if there, there's always a time to just turn your horny down and just... Yes, you know what I'm be saying? like, I'm going to leave the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's that part, especially if you a coach. If you're in a leadership position and that shit kick off, you feel like, she work for the team. Like, this is just a bad idea. I don't know if I want to have an orgy with nobody I got to see at work. You know what I'm saying? Let me keep it a buck with you. It's orgies that have <laughs> happened at work. I got one for you. A female police officer. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Fired for taking part in a massive orgy with six male colleagues in Tennessee. Uh, Laverne, Tennessee, which I've never heard of before this. So, Laverne, you're on the mat. Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all. Uh, the married police officer got it popping with at least as many of six colleagues and even had sex with a few on duty. So, this is the news story that broke from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said she was... Uh... She said she was in an open marriage, but never told the husband. <laughs> it's open on my end. It's open on it's my clothes end. on. It. I mean, he could have. I would have forgave him, but he didn't know what was what was going on. Uh, so the, the news story from Hip Hop Wire says blue sex lives, blue sex matters. Tennessee cops admit to engaging <laughs> in wild sex acts, lying to investigators. So in today's episode of so a bunch of cops chose to copulate a police station in Tennessee recently became the center of blue-on-blue sex scandal after a married police officer was accused of engaging in sex cop appeals with six male officers, some of which he even had sex with while on duty. From the New York Post, Officer Megan Hall and her fellow law officers allegedly engaged in wild sex sexcapades that included sending dirty pictures, taking her top off at a girls going wild hot tub party, and even having oral sex with two officers at the Laverne, Tennessee Police Station, WTVF-TV reported. The steamy shenanigans in which Hall allegedly bragged about the size of one partner's genitals and, co- and claimed to be in an open marriage not only led to Hall being canned, but led to the firings of Sergeant Lewis Powell, again, leadership position, mm-hmm. Officer Juan Lugo, Sergeant Ty McGowan, leadership, and Detective Seneca Shields, according to a December internal investigation. Two other officers who allegedly had romped with Hall, Patrick Magliocco, and Larry Holiday kept their jobs but wound up suspended, according to the reports. So apparently they didn't get as much pussy as the rest of the officers, so they just got suspended as opposed to fired. When your sexual behavior will lead to you being publicly admonished and 
fired, disgraced in front of your family, you have a problem. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You have a problem. But here we go again. This shit goes on all over. Yeah, we've just walked through every level of life where it, you got. Listen, man, I, I, I worked this up for 14 years. Okay. Now, if I decided to just jot down, like, some of the shit I've seen and came Make some, across. Just keep a little, little long. A little memoir. A little journal. <laughs> a little memoir. <laughs> a little journal. <laughs> it would blow your mind. Because I've seen everything. Everything. I've seen coworkers fucking. I've seen coworkers orgying. With these eyes. Seen it. I've seen management, upper management, all of that shit. It, 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 it's, it's normal. You know why? Because we're human beings. God put Adam and Eve in that motherfucking garden, and he said, you can do whatever you want. Do not touch that fucking apple. Nigga turned around. Three minutes later. <laughs> hey, man, I'm Three telling you. Three minutes later. I'm telling you. God created the earth, the sun, the moon, all that shit, and rested on the seventh day, didn't he? And then said that the seventh day is the sat was it the Sabbath or whatever? Yeah, we rested. We rested, rested on the seventh day. The, man, Sunday motherfuckers be out here running the <laughs> I'm just keeping it a buck with you. The Ten Commandments. Motherfuckers break them shits every goddamn day. You know why? Because nobody is perfect. And I think that's the biggest joke for me, where it's like people will speak from a place of perfectness. I think when, there's a far cry from being perfect versus like I lost my job and my family because I was. That was the day I wasn't <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you are far from perfect on that. Hey, day. listen. That Thursday you got a Hummer in the in the uh, in the detective's <laughs> office. You were far from perfect on that day. I think we can agree on that. You watched The Wire, right? What happened when Hurt walked in in season five? Royce was getting his dick sucked from the aide yeah. in the fucking in city hall. Yep. Was that season five? Or season four. I think it was. Four, season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting, getting his dick sucked in the fucking in city hall. By someone who worked for him. By someone who worked for him. Because One this shit is, this ain't no motherfucking movie. This is real. This shit happens. I think the biggest takeaway from all of this, kind of to put a bow on this thing, and we can move on to some more liberating topics, is that these stories and succession like this validates that we are not as developed of a society as people would make you to believe and that people <clears throat> succumb to their carnal urge urges far more. I'll just be all with you far more frequently than we would like to believe my dad and then they was super in the church. They like going to church and then whatever they, they went to a big prominent known church. We ain't going to name cause they don't sponsor the show. And he was like, you know, they was trying to get me to go to church. This was years ago. Shit. I'm like, all right, whatever I come, you know? And I went and like, them bitches was on me when I came but, to church. Would Martin say Bible thumpers or Bible humpers? And, 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 you know, I'd be quite frank, man. I got, I, got, I got grabbed in that church. You know what I'm saying? Not no hug, neither. Like, I got grabbed in there. Meat mangled. And I came back next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with the hymns or none of that shit. I'm like, I'm the hoes from like, grabbing meat. <laughs> Dog. So it's like, and granted, I was young. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm 38. One of them. One of like, them ages. You know, but. I got a close homie who got two birth certificates. He don't know how old he is. Crazy. Like. Dad was making them Jones. Yeah. Like. How would this nigga need to be for us to get some benefits? And, and I just look at it where it's, man, it's wives and husbands and all, all kinds of crazy ads. That's the one thing. When I was young, I used to think that this shit was like one way. 
Like, I believe that, like, Carl Winslow was married to Harriet, and that was it. But then you get older and you realize, like, man, Carl might have been knocking off Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just... We talked about it on the Party Boys episode. It was like, yo, a lot of times people just assume, like, oh, it's the men trying to coerce women and this and this. And it's sometimes it's women, a good amount of the times, it's women that are, like, leading their men down, like, a life of freakhood. Freakness. Yeah. Yeah. Her husband in there, I ain't no freak. And this <laughs> nigga ironing the clothes for the week, Yo. meal prepping, and she just like bringing hoes home. Yeah, big facts, big facts. Yeah. Earth is wild. So I, I, I don't judge. I don't point no finger. I don't, I don't think you bad. I just think that we are a as as much as women have become sexually liberated, I think men have become even more sexually liberated too. I could be wrong. But I got to think about that. Like, I don't feel like it stood still. Sort of like how we was talking about the whole Pacquiao Floyd thing the other day when people was like, oh, Pac- he waited to fight Pacquiao until he was old. And right, I'm like, right, well, right. Floyd got old too. <laughs> it's not like Tom stood still yeah, for him. That was different. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that. Like, you know how they love painting this image of like MLK being a womanizer and this and the third. As time went on, we got to the point where the president was getting his dick sucked in, in there. Yeah, in the office. So it's like, <laughs> I don't think it stood still for men. I think we've gotten way and way, way, way and way more out there, too. I just don't think that it's... Yeah, I think if you had to judge it, I think men were already at, like, a 7 mm-hmm. and then moved to, like, an 11. And women were at, like, a 1 and moved to an nine. 11. Yeah, to a 9. So, so the movement, the movement was, has been more. was more on yeah. women, but we're still basically ending up kind of at, at or around the same yeah. end point. Like, perfect example. Back in the day, like, a chick that was getting partied was, like, a lot of times, like, homeless. Like, she ain't had nowhere to go. Now it's like... She got a house. Maybe a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> She invited you to the house. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Come to the house and uh, bring your brother. Your brother that was at the Christmas party, bring him with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, just to round this all up. Lady Eloise on uh, Boomerang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The open relationship, open marriage, Where do you? how do you view that shit? Um, at this big age, I don't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. I love my girl too much. I couldn't uh, be a willing participant in that. We would just had to break up. Yeah. Like we would have to break up because again, I'm like I've said this before. I'm gonna throw up. Like soon as soon as she go, uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna throw uh, up. I know how just like uh, <laughs> I can get in a sexual yeah. jaw. I can't see someone else do that. I'm going gummy worm and I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> yeah, I'm on soft. That's over. I'm gonna ruin the vibe. <laughs> That's over. I'm gonna kill the vibe. They ain't like, man, they ain't like, yeah, ain't enough gas stations in the world. <laughs> That's over. Yeah, them black ants is going in reverse, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. You at BJ's trying by honey. Ain't <laughs> hey, none of this shit working. Like, damn, last time I fucked the vibe up, yo, man. I got to come yo, correct this time. Yo, I, could, I couldn't. I could It's no amount of gas station sex pills that's going, that's going to get me there. Nah, if man. I see a nigga, like, really drilling nah, my girl. Nah. I don't give a fuck how many times we go to a turf club. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't none of this shit working out here today. I, and uh, you can't even, like, prep me for it. You nah. can't even work me up to where it's like, all right, man, the dice tonight. Like, my thing is, like, if your girl come to you and ask for that, it's just like, God damn. Like, I didn't never know you. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you. <laughs> oh, you like the party. Uh, yo. No, you can do your thing. Drop me off at the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> before you go. <laughs> 
Like, Tell my mama I love her. <laughs> like, mama. Um, like, if, like, if you had to guess, how many aspirin was in that yeah, bottle last time you checked it? Because I'm going to just take all them Jones. Yeah. I definitely need, like, at least 38 aspirin. Dog. The funniest shit, you know, Madoff and his wife tried to, well, not the funniest shit, but, you know, Madoff and his wife tried to commit suicide before he, like, actually returned to jail. Yeah. And then the, the new Jones, he took, they took all the pills, was like, get in bed, you know, we, we about to be out this bitch. He took all the pills, and when he woke up in the morning, he was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. There's got to be some depressing so shit. This, so this wasn't a foolproof plan. <laughs> you just wake up with a headache. <laughs> My head is pounding. <laughs> Ain't even no more Tylenol. We just took all the motherfuckers. Like, no, but that shit, the, the open relationship, open marriage, John, like, it, I, you know, it worked for people. Yeah, it, it ain't for me. And, you know, Definitely part not. of doing personal development is knowing what's for you and what ain't. And I just know me. It ain't for me. Yeah. The craziest part is like you like this shit. You you in an open relationship, open marriage, and like cheating. It's crazy. But it, it be yeah. What about like the niggas that like they girl be with the threesome and then they like scumbag the threesome and then just start hitting the chick on the side? It happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It back, happens. Back door to threesome. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It this all. video's not getting no monetization on YouTube. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can see. We haven't earned a dollar today. This is a treat for y'all. This is more so a conversation for the live show. Yeah, this you know is, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, but the, the, the shit is real. I, I don't, again, I, I think I've just grown up, and I just understand the way the world works. And I, I don't judge. I don't point fingers. Yeah, I, I think, don't. I think you've taken a, a, a Vince Staples position to life where he was like, yo, there's no surprises to me anymore at this age I'm at now. He said, it's just, it's just, oh, damn, that's crazy. Like, he's like, and I just move on with my day. Yeah, like, I, because at the end of the day, I look at it like this. And this is just being honest. I am nowhere close to the most lit. I'm not even. I'm not even in the realm. I was pretty lit at the time, and I'm far less lit than I was at my peak. Man, listen, I like not trying to be funny. I do the same four to five things every day. I eat. I go to the gym. I play with the dog. I fucking watch. very predictable life. I, I'm, I'm regular as shit, yeah. and I get bombarded with crazy shit and crazy shit said to me and see yeah. crazy shit and have heard crazy and so I could only imagine what like. Magic Johnson had to deal with in 87. That shit was probably unfucking believable Yeah, Magic smashed his way to an uncurable disease. He the motherfucking team manager on the dock was like, yo, every hotel we would get to, they, he's like, because, you know, it was like, you know, there wasn't like voicemail and all that shit back in the day and all that. He's like, every hotel we would get to, the, the receptionist at the... Oh, memos. He was like, <laughs> this fucking thick of just num names and numbers. Thumbing through them bitches. See who the fuck I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? And I might call all these bitches over. This shit is just, it's, it's what it is. I think, I think the point that I'm trying to get home, I just want everybody to make better decisions. And it's like, be as big of a freak as you want, but don't let it cost you your job or your family. If you care about either one of those. Easier said than done. Because it's going to be hard to go into the next uh, job interview as like Sergeant Freak Bull and have to explain yourself when you was just plastered all over the. I've news seen for niggas again. Days. We're gonna. I've seen motherfuckers get fired for, inter, you know, intermixing certain shit, doing yeah. certain shit. I've seen situations where somebody did something that they shouldn't have done, and they had to deal with this out in the street or deal with this. 
Yeah, and it's like it's life, man. This shit regular. On a a macro level, we have all of these conversations in society about like um, societal advancement and uh, power dynamics and um, you know different stuff like that. And then it's like you hear these stories and you're like, nobody cares about this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like these are like uh, propaganda and like talking points that are being pushed forth from a set group of people that want to get certain stuff off because the average everyday person doesn't give a shit about none of this stuff. They just want to fuck. That's it. Girls just want to have fun, and guys just want to be freak balls mm-hmm. at the heart of it. So, yeah, we spent an hour on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like a multi-layered conversation. Dan, you got anything to add to this to put a bow on this? No, because I'm, I'm running. No, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> it's going to be another whole other hour. <laughs> you got to get the fuck out of here. I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit audience. <laughs> That shit crazy. Audience, if y'all got any suggestions, <laughs> leave it in the comments, man. I don't know. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> saying at this point. Like I just said, we spent the hour on this. It's like I've I don't know. Man, listen. I, I look at it like this. At the end of the day, nobody's perfect. Everybody makes good decisions some days, bad decisions some days. It's life. We can't point no fingers at whoever. Because look at look at Ron Jeremy and Russ Meyer and them from the you know, like it, it it. But I think the problem um, and Ron Jeremy is a good example. I think the problem becomes when you exist in a world where um, the abnormal becomes normalized for an extended amount of time. It makes you think the rest of the world is like that, and then you go into the regular normal world with those ethics. And then you realize, then you do some shit and you realize like, oh, damn, when you get indicted, like Ron Jeremy d- did for mm-hmm. rape, you get, you realize like, oh, like she wasn't like role playing or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And it can lead people to making regular life, regular world, normal people, decisions around regular life, regular world people that you think is normal because you've been existing in an abnormal world for an existence. For the extended amount of time. Like I say it all the time, the biggest thing for me is, are you committing a crime? That's when it's like, okay. Shit, but now the the line between, there, there's, there's reverse consent now. You know what I'm saying? Where in the moment, you weren't committing a crime, but then the person, male or female, can be like, now that I look back on that, like, I think I got sexually assaulted. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they can, they can, they can, uh, what do they call it? Uh, remove consent from the situation after the fact, and I'm just like, shit. You see what I'm saying? I, like, I totally because understand. In that, in that scenario, anybody could get jammed up like that. You know what I'm saying? I more so was alluding to like the, just putting a bone, like the Lori Harvey situation. Mm-hmm. Like, if she's not committing a crime, let the girl date and mind her bum fucking yeah. business. Future, if he ain't committing no crime, let him do what the fuck he doing. Uh, you know. At the end of the day, fucking with a nigga and fucking with his dad is not a crime. I know we might like to think it is. But it's but also not normal. It's definitely not normal. <laughs> but neither is hitting a 10 team. <laughs> so y- y'all try that shit every motherfucking day. <laughs> so whatever. Like, that's all I'm saying. I just don't think it's as shocking as people try to play it out to be. Her with Dangerous Idris, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. And Meat got reeled into it. It got strange. Me gets reeled into everything. He got reeled into that, John, because of like a tweet or whatever. Then he had to clear it up because him and Damson are friends. It was weird. Yeah, me, man. I'm not going to that role today. We, here's how we put a bow in this. We all should know less about each other. That's it. Basically. 
Well, I don't know one bitch will fuck me. <laughs> but he hit 25. Well, he hit one of mine. You did? Will hit one of my aunts. One of your bitches? Wilt hit one of my aunts. Oh, your aunt? Yeah. I thought you were saying he hit one of my aunts. No, 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 no. <laughs> That would be crazy. <laughs> That's what I thought. Wilt was cross-generational. <laughs> like, how old is this bitch you doing? No, Wilt, Wilt, definitely, Wilt definitely put the put the master blaster on one of my aunts. Oh, yeah? That's like her claim to fame. She tells and that everybody. Right there, I knew a bitch that told me how she fucked Pac back in the day. Yeah. Older chick. And it's just like, why are you telling Pac been dead since 97? 2007. Why are you telling me this? Mano said, uh, Mano say, say, yeah, I don't know what it was about me, man. I just, for some reason, I don't know if it was the Brooklyn energy, just all the women that had sex with Biggie Smalls just found themselves being in love with me. Yeah, that shit real. Like, but yes, we all should know less about each other. We all should know less. That's about the lesson here. Yeah. I got to it. It took an hour, but I got to it. Changing topics a little bit. Well, a lot of bit. Um, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever watched The Sopranos? Yeah. Like, you watched it? I watched it. I finished it. I watched it probably two times all the way through. Um, I watched it when, it when it originally aired when I was younger, so I didn't really retain as much of it as mm-hmm. I needed to, the life lessons and different stuff that was in there. Then I watched it again as a little bit older, um, but I need to watch it again. Okay, so do you, this is good, then. I can have this conversation with you. I want to ask this question. So I never watched it, right? Never watched it. I never watched The Sopranos. And I've said over and over, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch it. Ra always talks about it. My dad has mentioned it. You know, I've, it, it's, it's one of People those People go back and forth saying, like, it's one of the three best shows in television history. So this is my thing. I got it above The Wire, actually. Years yeah, ago. I've had people that have it. I like The Wire a little bit better, but people have it above The Wire. Okay, so this is where I'm going to, I want to get to there. So years ago, Paul Mooney had this thing where he was basically saying how TV doesn't have ratings. He's like, it's all made up. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. He was like... Perfect example. You look at Oz, you look at the Sopranos. Niggas and white people are doing the same exact shit. Selling drugs, fucking, and killing each other. White people are living in mansions, niggas is in jail. TV has no ratings. And I started to watch the Sopranos this week, and I'm about six episodes into the first season. Is it just me, or is it? does the race thing at all play with you? In watching. Oh, it's very pronounced. Okay. It's very, very pronounced. Because I'm just to myself where it's like, it's so many like, I don't even think it's a hidden message. I think it's more so like subtleties that we don't think about. Microaggressions. Micro, microaggressions where it's like. That's the second word of the week. You're like. Are you on the street? (laughs) It's so many little seeds that get planted in this even down to me going in and digging in the fact that, you know, The Wire was only ever nominated for two Emmys mm-hmm. its entire run. It didn't even get popular till after it aired. Th- this is the, 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 exactly where I was going. The Wire didn't become popular until season four. That was its best ratings show. And even that ratings was an so 81. Like, meh. It wasn't great. Yeah, but the people at HBO believed in David Simon and the storytelling he was doing that they stuck with it instead of canceling it. So this is what I'm saying. Gandolfini, who plays Tony Soprano, he's been, like, heralded as, like, one of the greatest TV actors ever. And you look at that and the fact that he won Emmys, Golden Globe. He kept winning this shit every year, year after year, while The Wire would barely even get nominated. So I came across this article the other day where it basically says Tony Soprano's character introduced the anti-hero. But if it wasn't for Omar Little in The Wire, the anti-hero might not have become the thing of television in Hollywood. 
So perfect example. Before Tony Soprano, you know, you know what an anti-hero is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or someone who does bad shit but to the fan favor. Yeah. So you got Tony Soprano who's the head of a mob family, but he's dealing with the the psychosis part of it. He's dealing with going to therapy and all these different yeah, things. And his wife and his kids and they growing up a certain way and trying to rear your son in a certain way and try to make him tough and be like you and he's not assimilating. And, and I'm looking at it, no bullshit, six episodes in and I'm just like, yo, Tony Soprano is Avon Barksdale. It's literally the same fucking character. Why is he heralded as like the greatest thing ever, but there was no fanfare at all for what The Wire was? You know why they was coming on at the same time? So it was like... Well, The Wire aired on... They said that the, the, the article was saying how The Wire had a bad time slot yeah, on Sunday saying, yeah. and shit. And I'm looking at it and I go further and further and further into it and I'm just like... Omar, you here go uh, uh, another crazy John. You know Omar was only supposed to be in eight episodes. Yeah, got too popular. He got popular amongst the Wire fans or whatever, and they like, yo, we got to keep him in the yeah. the goings ons of it. So they the article was saying how Tony Soprano is the the architect of the antihero, but if not for Omar Little, you don't get Walter White in Breaking Bad. You don't get what's her name in uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Um. Uh, what's her name? The professor. The professor. Yeah, from how to get away. Yeah. You don't get Dexter on the deck, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I want to ask you, who do you think is a better antihero, Tony Soprano, Omar Little? Uh, it's it's Omar Little. It's Omar Little because of the fact that I hated Omar, but I. St- still understood his motivations and his importance of telling the story from that lens as it relates to the street game because you can't just sell heroin and bricks and this and this and this and not have a figure like him or figures like him that exist. Mm-hmm. He represented what's, what's referred to in street culture as the wolf, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But... He was so developed as a character because his his true essence was everything other than what he led with. Like, his humanity was different than what he did. And because of that, it made people endear to him because they understood his motivations where it's like, yo, if somebody going to make it, somebody going to take it. And the element of there being, like, vendettas that were there because there's other hidden stuff that they don't pronounce mm-hmm. that went on that turned him into what he turned into. So, you know, his character is based off an actual person. Mm-hmm. The guy was actually a consult, a consultant. Like David Simon brought him on as a yeah. consultant. His wife was who David Simon wrote with for the corner. And I'm just like, yo, the wire was so yeah. fucking good. And I'm like, how wasn't this show heralded during its Too run? Black. Exactly. And you know what? I, I told my homie the other day, he was like, yo, this is like the greatest comparison you've ever given. The Sopranos and The Wire, to me, The Sopranos is Godfather and The Wire is Scarface. Where in the moment, we don't respect it, but then when you go back, you realize, you like, damn, this might have been one of the best movies ever. Scarface wasn't a hit. In it the wasn't a office. hit at all. It was like, people literally were like, what the fuck is this? What, what's the point in this? And the black community were the ones that championed Scarface that made it what it was and made it so popular once it came out on like VHS and all that shit. And that's when Scarface blew the fuck up because it, its theatrical release 
critics canned it. They was like, who the fuck is this fucking uh, Italian playing a Cuban immigrant? And like, they just, they slammed But you figure he had already did Godfather. So mm-hmm. it was like, they was more And I think Dog Day Afternoon, Dog too. Day Afternoon was the year before. Yeah. It was like, what was the point in this? Yeah, this is stupid. This is dumb. Yeah, but the then Cubans you... were protesting. The people in Florida was protesting. Everybody was protesting. Everybody was protesting. But then it becomes a cult thing. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you're like, damn, this might have been one of the greatest pieces of cinema, but we didn't respect it in its time being. Yeah. And I'm watching the first couple episodes of Sopranos and I'm just like, yo, it's, it's, it's almost the same. It's almost like linear to the wire. Yeah, very similar. And I'm like, how was this shit not nominated for nothing? But Sometimes you'd be ahead of your time. But that was going on at the same time. Yeah. But the thing is, though, Mob organized crime already had a, a threshold, a threshold and a 20, 30 year head start of being implanted in culture. So where you get to the Sopranos, we had never seen that in television form, like in long form, where it's like you get to explore all the characters, motivations, their thoughts, um, their, uh, you know, their, their trials and tribulations. Like you don't really, you don't really get to, elongated, especially in a cable television format where you can show everything. It's no innuendo. You don't have to allude to something. You can just show it. Like you could just say it. You could do whatever you want because it's paid cable. Um, whereas it's like, you know, for with the Godfather, they show you as much as they can in a three hour, 30 minute window, but they didn't have how many episodes was the Sopranos? Six seasons. So like, 72 episodes was mm-hmm. 70 episodes, whatever it was to where you can, you can uncover every stone. You can get into Christopher Moltisanti and his relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, you can, you can get into, you can dedicate time to developing and storytelling around every single vital character and secondary character. You can understand where this person went wrong, what got him killed and stuff like that. I've been getting into now there's a uh, YouTube channels. I don't know if either one of y'all came across them that. Only go back and review like Godfather, Scarface, mm-hmm. Carlitos, way like shit that. like that, and like try to pull out the hidden meaning behind what got this person killed. Why did this person make this decision and stuff like that? And it's giving me like new perspective on some of these things where it's like certain stuff you might be viewing it in the film like it just is what it is, but you're because they don't have that elongated storytelling period, you can't know 100% why something happened. Mm-hmm. The Sopranos was afforded the long-form storytelling ability to leave no stone unturned. To the point where at the end, they had to hit us with a cliffhanger because everything else was so pronounced for the whole series. Now that's... At, t- at, at that time, too, also, black people loved the mob. So the mob was bigger than a regular exactly. nigga running the block in the hood. Because niggas wanted to, you know, the drug dealers modeled themselves off the mob. They so called themselves that. Yeah, so yeah. you get a mob show. Yeah. So you tuned in, like, oh, this is a mob shit. This is a mafia shit. And then, you know, you want to reenact the shit that and you see there, there's more of a legitimacy attached to the mob because it became a part of American culture and the fabric of culture. They fucking started Vegas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like certain shit, things. They had all the unions. They had all the unions, the teams, the whole nine. So it's like. They said Trump don't get the plaza without the mob because they had the concrete. Exactly. Like, the, I mean, not the plaza, the uh, Trump Tower. So their role in not only just illegal business and being like a black hand and racketeers and all of that shit. There's there's the presence of them in legitimate business where 
a person that's like an investment banker can even relate to a mafia story as it relates to telling around the legitimacy part of it, even if they can't relate to the crime element. Whereas people on his face, people just looked at the wire like it's just a crime drama. Just niggas yeah, and doing I'm niggas looking shit. at the Sopranos where it's like, okay, they got the waste management company. Avon and them had Orlando's. They got the spot where they hang out. Avon and them. I'm just like, yo, it's the same exact yeah. shit. So let me ask this. We spoke about the anti-hero aspect, right? Of Omar and, and Tony Soprano. Me personally, I have The Wire as the best show ever. Like I said, I'm, I'm going through The Sopranos now. I'm going to get through it probably in the next week or so, whatever, whatever. I personally, when you talk about the, the, the character arcs, not necessarily the depth, but the character arc, where you got Omar, every man got to have a code. Avon, the game is the game. You got all these different Marlo. I was gonna say I think Marlo Stanfield is, if not the greatest, one of the greatest TV villains in history. I'm gonna tell you why I got Avon as the better character, though. Okay. Because, and what's so crazy is both of them are like classically trained actors. Like you would think, like Wood Harris just came in off the street. All of his roles that he played, fucking. Uh, Above the Rim, which I just re- re- recently I'm gonna I'm doing a down bad with Chad on Above the Rim. It's gonna blow y'all minds because Above the Rim is not a good fucking movie. Oh, it's, horrible. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's horrible. It's not good at all. It's horrible. Tupac is magic in that movie. The rest of that shit is awful. The nigga in the fucking final game, I think 53, he caught the rebound and threw a full court pass to himself. <laughs> and he caught it and dumped it. I was just like, what the fuck? This, like, this is the most yeah. shoestring of a shoestring budget. But I'm gonna tell you, I and Ra always was a shout out Ra. He was always a Marlo fan. And I and used to be, I started off as an Avon guy and over time of rewatching The Wire and somebody did like a short I'm film, a, in a, a short film on YouTube where all the Marlo shit is like an hour and 10 minutes. It's the best thing I ever fucking watched. And you just like, yo, Marlo couldn't be fucked with, dog. So I'm going to tell you why I fuck with Avon a little bit more than Marlo. I hated Avon. I I'm hated a, I'm, Marlo at first, I'm going to show, I'm going to tell you why. Avon... Runs the drug syndicate. He got the towers. He got the pit, the low rises, all of that shit. The feds sweep in, you know, cell phones. I mean, the uh, pay phones, the beepers, yeah. all of that bullshit. Avon goes down. When Avon comes home in season three, you know what I'm saying? Think about it. Avon clips six niggas in jail to get out. You know what I'm saying? To the point where D'Angelo is just like, yeah, I don't want none of whatever the fuck you got going on. I, I can't fuck with this. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. Cool. Avon gets the fuck out. So the whole breakdown of him and Stringer was Stringer wanted to be legitimate. Avon is like... Stringer was a smart, dumb nigga. Smart, dumb nigga. Avon's whole thing was the game is the game. You you know as well as I do, and you know more than I do probably, and Dan. Dan know more than probably a lot of us. There are a lot of niggas who believe that you play the game till you can't play it no more. Absolutely. Everything... Am I right, Dan? Oh, we, oh, man, man, Chad has a friend now that's Every, about to get cooked because it, it, it's, <laughs> he ain't, couldn't get out the game. You, you, play, the game. you play the game until you can't play the shit no more. And you, everything that come with the game is part of the game. That was Avon hold you on the stringer. Like, they saw your black ass coming, nigga. This is where the fuck, because remember Avon, I mean, uh, Stringer wanted uh, uh, tall man Slim Charles to go kill... Clay uh, Davis. Clay Davis. And he was just like, no, nigga. Like, this is like a, some assassination type shit. Like, it don't work like that. Yeah. So, Avon comes the fuck home, and his whole thing was, I want my corners. 
And Stringer was like, nigga, we can make so much more money. And that was my thing I loved about Stringer when I was younger. It was like, Stringer, they made the money and was like, yo, I'm trying to get out. But then you realize, like, Stringer was a dickhead. The dickhead. So Stringer went to four community college classes, started thinking he was Robert Smith, and went out here with them white boys and got his ass fried. Fried. And then he stepped up to the big boss, only to realize that the big boss is a nigga like him, and he really spun him for a loop. So Avon's thing was, I want my corners. We fought for them towers, they ours. And Stringer was like, nigga, fuck them street corners. And he was like, no, nigga, I run west side. I'm not going out on some, I just stepped off. It don't work like that. Right. So then when you got Marlo who comes along, remember the nigga tried to tell him at the rim shop, the, the, the cemetery and the jail is littered with niggas who wore the, the crown. crown. Yeah, but Point they, is, they wore it though. It's my time now. So you see the seed of what Avon was talking. So what made me fuck with Avon a little bit more was when Marlo finally figured out the whole shit with Prop Joe and the Greeks and everything. And they remember Omar stole the whole shipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Marlo started throwing all that money on Sergey's books, trying to get on his visiting yeah. list. So then he finally gets approved for the visit. This is my favorite scene. And all Avon <laughs> walks the fuck in like surprise, yeah. nigga. And he was like, "Yeah, Sergey, come to me because you know I'm kind of like an authority figure in here." And he's like, yo, this dude from Marlowe in the West Side putting money on my books. Do you know him? I'm like, yeah, I know him real motherfucking well. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he's like, so this is the way it's going to go. You put 100000 my sister. Next time you come here, it won't be my face in the interrogation room. And his whole thing was the game is the game. I got nothing but love in my heart for West Side. Fuck them East East Side side bitches. bitches. At the end of the day, me and you went to war, and you won. I'm in here, you out there. But my love and my dedication to the game in the west side, I'd rather you have the connect than them east side bitches. Marlo don't get the connect without Without Avon. Avon. And that shit made me... You see what I'm saying? (laughs) You see where I'm going with that? That's my favorite scene of the whole series. Because it was a show of... It was a subtle show of power to where it's like... You think you in control, but I'm actually in control. I'm the nigga that can make this happen for you or not happen for you. But Avon losing the war, Stringer getting killed, the towers is done, pit done, all of that shit. You in jail and you still that dedicated to the game to where you like, you handle this, I'll make sure you get to connect. To the point where when Marlo came back and met with Sergey, what Avon do in the corner? Through the West, and it's just like, Avon was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like he was psychotic. But that's dedication. He was married to, to the streets. Ma- but married to his stance. Yeah. In what he believed. To an ideology. In, to an ideology. So that for me was just like, God damn, Avon was all of that. You see what I'm saying? My favorite scene from The Wire, I got three of them. The talk that Omar had with Bunk when they was at the train station, when Bunk told him was like, <laughs> all of these bodies. You know what I'm saying? That's all we got now. He's like, back in the day, we had some real, real thumpers out here in West Side of Baltimore. Wasn't about no gun, more so about your hands. And he was like, I wanted to be like them. That was what I wanted. But they knew I wasn't that shit. He's like, I would show up to the parties, the little get-togethers, and they would tell me, what you doing here, schoolboy? You ain't supposed to be here. Little did I know they were saving me from myself. And he was like, yeah, Omar, remember Omar said the shit about, well, yeah, you know, you know, all these bodies and shit. Ain't nobody give a fuck. We don't give a fuck about no bodies. He was like, you don't know what the fuck you talking about, nigga. <laughs> and he's like, I'm watching the other day where the girl was laying out in the street and the kids was imitating you. 
made me sick to my stomach how far we done fallen, motherfucker. Like, that's one of the best scenes yeah. to me. Also, Omar in court when he testified on... Uh, oh, when he showed on, with the with Yeah, the that shit the was just fucking excellent. That shit was just excellent. And if I had to have another scene, it was the fact that... Another one for me was when Michael killed Snoop. In season five. Mm-hmm. Because, remember, they trained him. That was like the pup. Yeah. And it was like... Anybody else? Remember they wanted, remember Name and Mom wanted Naaman to be Weebay. Yeah. He ain't Weebay. No. You know what I'm saying? Randy wanted to be in the mix, but you know, Michael, he learned that fast, was like, don't bring no hammer. Yeah, he knew how to, he knew how to uh, cross the double cross. He knew how to cross the double cross. When he pulled the gun out, Snoop just like. Call that a triple cross in the yeah. streets now. Snoop just like, damn, how you know? Like, see, shame shit you taught me. Like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, to me, The Wire is just unbelievable. Oh, it's a phenomenal good. fucking show. And I, I'm going to watch The Soprano with an open mind, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm already kind of like racist. <laughs> Get, getting super into this job. I'm already like racist. Because the, they just get to do whatever and just get heralded for the shit. But I look at The Wire, the way they implemented real life into a, this storyline, it's just the reverend from the church. That's the real bull. Yeah. Snoop is a real person. Mm-hmm. The the Cuddy, you know, Cuddy is supposed to be uh, Tank Davis's actual trainer, the real Cuddy and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like it's just so much shit that's just the wire was phenomenal. Yeah, the wire was out of this world, man. What what made me fall in love with Marlo as a character was the way he just constantly just outwitted and outsmarted Avon when they was going to war. Like when Avon sent his cousin at him. And, you know, he playing along with it, whatever, whatever. He fuck Avon cousin, this, this, and this. He's like, yeah, I don't really, you know, be doing too much going on dates, this, and this, but we can get up, da, 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 da. And then when he peeped the move, came to the house and smoked her, and Avon was like, this motherfucker. Still want to talk a true straight? <laughs> this motherfucker. But a- even, <laughs> even and then, Avon is still like, he good, man. He good. Like, when Slim Charles came and told him, Avon was like, this motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said it the other day. You know how I know Avon was going, looking back on it now, how I know Avon was going to lose the war? When he had on the, the, the clapback hat, I'm like, yeah, it's Oh, over. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the clapback hat. He had the clapback hat and on. And then the other yeah, joint where they down. tried to pull a drive-by on fucking Marlo and them, and uh, they had the big boy was driving the, the truck, and they ended up shooting the joint up. I'm just like, yo, Avon cannot get this month. I was in, the, in real time when I was first watching, I was so frustrated. And then I went back and watched. And I'm like, yo, Marlo was a crafty motherfucker. Like he just always knew to be one, two, three steps ahead of that shit. And he I always think, I seen, think it, another, seen the blitz coming. Another thing too is how they always say if, if, if everyone in your click is rich, your click is rugged. When him and Weebay went down, you realize that the chinks in the, 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 the links in the chain weren't as strong as you thought. Yeah. Because once Stinkum got killed, Weebay went down and he went down. It was Stringer left with Bodie Poo. They bored in Slim Charles, who was all of that. But the rest of them was dickheads. Yeah. And they was just essentially fucking up the whole season three. Yep. Like, they just kept fumbling every fucking possibility they had. Remember they shot up Omar Grandma? And yeah. <laughs> it's just the, Stringer didn't know what he wanted Blew to do. Blew the old lady hat off and shot the crown off her head. So let me ask you this. Just to wrap this up, you got Tony Soprano, you got Omar White. I mean, Omar Little. You throw in Walter White. Does he get above any of them as far as an anti-hero? Because I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Walter White might be one of the greatest characters in the history of television. From where he started to where he his ended progression up, his was progression was nuts. was nuts. To go from this regular mundane 
white bread suburban chemistry teacher to not only cooking the meth and distributing to being like a stone cold gangster at the end of that shit, you almost have to give it to Walter White. It's like just his character alone, him and Jesse Pinkman together as a duo yeah, that was, that was, was just like, this is a one television. And they did it on fucking FX, which kind of hamstrings you to how far you can mm-hmm. push it. But they pushed it to the limit with that show. It's funny because him and uh, Jesse, they're kind of to me like Nick and Ziggy Sabaka from season two of The Wire. Yeah. Their <laughs> dynamic is the same yeah. exact shit. Whereas like it's him that's starting this shit. Yeah. But turns out you the real motherfucker that can actually get mm-hmm. shit done. So I always like Walter White, John. But that just the racial component is huge to me. Something else I watched this past week that I honestly, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I didn't even know that I was like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know this is where it was going and what I was getting into. So I'm on HBO Max the other day. HBO Max is phenomenal. It's all that. All that. And there's a new series on there. Some somebody told me to watch things called like Last of Us or something like that. That they I said it's like they said it's all up. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna check that. Out. I saw that the other night. They said White Lotus is good too. I haven't tapped in with. There's that a either. documentary on HBO Max. I don't know if any of y'all watched it. And I honestly didn't. When I saw it, I'm just like okay, but I didn't think it was gonna go where it went. It's called Thirty Eight in the Garden. It's about Jeremy Lin. Oh, hell yeah, I watched it. Did that. you watch it? It's an A++. Bro, clap that John yeah, up. It's a fucking super A+. When I saw it, I'm thinking to myself, like, how much could possibly be talked about about this? Bro. You're black. Somewhat. I'm black. Semi. Dan is black. As a black man, because being a black man is one of the hardest things on the planet. As a black man, you really don't be ready to hear about anybody else's racial struggle because you're black. All of that other shit, I ain't trying to hear that. I'm, yeah, fuck I'm, that. I'm black. I'm into enough <laughs> racial struggle. I, you know, eat shit. Eat shit. <laughs> right. That's kind of the way you're wired. I cut that joint on thinking it was going to be a documentary just about, you know, him getting his shot and, and like some fluff shit and balling the fuck out. Yeah. The racial shit that they put they put on, I wasn't ready for it. It choked me up a little bit. I was not ready for the shit. Yeah. And it basically, for any of y'all that haven't watched it, it breaks down how Asian American men are seen, respected, talked to, dealt with all across the board. Mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler said himself, when Jeremy Lin got signed to the Knicks, he was on a floor. Like, he came to the hotel, and he came off the elevator. was like, hey, Tyson. Tyson Chandler, like, yo, how the fuck fans keep getting up here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeremy Lin's like, I know he just looking like, who's this fucking little Asian kid talking to me on it? Like, goddamn, fans getting on the hotel floor again? Like, (laughs) what the fuck? So he's like, the next day, he came down. He's like, I get on the bus, whatever, whatever. He was like, yo, we, we get to the arena, and they're, like, giving me a hard way to go. He was, like, literally to the point where it's like, I'm walking in, and security was like, you got a pass? He's like, where's your badge? He's like, I don't got no badge. And he said he was, like, in all Knicks team gear. And he was like, I, I don't got no badge. And they like, well, you can't come in this way. You got to have a badge to be in the building. And he's like, no, I'm a player. And he's like, Ever, the security is like, what the fuck are you talking about? No Asians in the NBA, nigga. Yeah, we got one. You got Yao Ming, nigga. And he was just basically, they talk about how frustrating it was for him to just get a look. Yeah. So his whole situation was he was in high school. 
He was tearing it up in his high school. They won the state championship. Him and his dad made his highlight reel together and started shopping at the colleges and shit. He's like, I got no looks for college. I wound up getting two uh, offers to go to school academically. One was MIT, one was Harvard. And he was like, yo, MIT is a division three, Harvard is a division one. I got to go to Harvard. He's like, my parents wanted me to go to MIT because they love the programs, MIT. He's like, I got to go to Harvard because that's D1. If I want to play, I got to play against the best. So he goes to Harvard, D1, plays four years, graduates. He gets an agent. The agent told him, you need to prepare to not be drafted. He was just like, well, damn, nigga, you the agent. (laughs) Why you signed me? (laughs) Cause you're Asian. Yeah, nigga, you might, I don't know, you might create like some botany shit or something we yeah. can monetize yeah. or something. I don't yeah. know. Some, some weed, nigga, yeah. I'm on my 6%, regardless. Yeah. Bunch of faux franchise. Yeah, like, <laughs> You might open up a successful, you might be the next uh, Steve, Steve Aoki's dad. You might open the next Biddy Hannah's, nigga. And I want in, so. Y'all funny as shit. <laughs> so he basically, you know, he, he doesn't get drafted. He gets signed on with the Warriors. He's thinking like, oh, this is great. But he don't even get a shot to come to practice. They just immediately send him to the D-League, dropped him. He gets put on with, I think it was the Rockets or the Clippers. He goes to the D-League again. The Knicks pick him up on the waiver wire. He knew Landry Fields from college. He was like, yo, can I come stay at your crib? He was like, yeah, come on. sleeping on Landry's couch. Come sleep on the couch. He's with the Knicks. They They had got rid of Chauncey Billups. Mello was hurt. Amari was hurt. They were so depleted as far as they fucking, you know, depth they, chart. They, no they, they literally said that they were printing up the papers to release him the next day. He was supposed to get released yeah. from the Knicks the next day. They were playing the Nets against Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. Amon Shumpert was like, I can remember the moment like it was yesterday. Dan Tony looked down the bench and was like, Jeremy, get in there. And was like, oh, shit. And Jeremy Lin said the game, that game... Going into the game, his agent told him, was like, listen, you're, you're going to get dropped tomorrow. Um, they're going to release you. If you do get a chance to play tonight, just go out there and have fun, man. Do your thing. Light it up. <laughs> just had, you know, so he's like, I knew I had to have a Jeremy Lin game. And he was like, he's like, I told his agent, like, I got to have a Jeremy Lin game. His agent looked at him was like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> like, get your ass out there. <laughs> but if you go out there, you got to go out there. So he said he went out there. And, you know, he had 25 points and eight assists that game, and the Knicks came back and won the game. They said that he went in the locker room and was crying in the shower for, like, 30 minutes. Tyson Chandler was like, I remember he was crying like we won the championship. And he was like, yo, are you okay? And he was just like, they can't cut me now. Like, there's no way they can cut me. Yeah. So he said he, he came back the next day, whatever they was like. He said D'Antoni was like, Jeremy, get yourself together. You're going to be in the five. And he was like, wait, what? And he was like, dude, I was supposed to get cut. And now I'm starting. And I'm starting. So he wound up starting the game against the Jazz. He had 27 points, six rebounds, seven assists. They won that game. So it was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? He's finally getting looks. He's making his shots. Can, can you believe that a player that's in the NBA can play basketball? Yeah, this shit was crazy. <laughs> so then they win the next game. They won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Now came the game against Kobe in the Garden. Now the Lynn shit is going nuts. They said they started selling Lynn jerseys. They sold out in 48 hours. Tyson Chandler was like, yo, this shit was crazy. A week ago, nobody even knew this motherfucker was on the team. Fast forward six days, my phone is ringing, and people who I know, people who like calling me like, yo, T, yo, can you get me a pic with, with Lynn? Yo, can you get an autograph from Lynn for me? He's like, what the fuck? 
He was like, yo, people are literally hitting me. Yeah, up. Like, nigga, like, I'm the starting center. Nigga. Like, get me, get me next to, to Jeremy Lin. Da, 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 da. So he's just like, this shit is crazy. So they got the game in Madison Square Garden against Kobe, against the Lakers. So now the whole, you know, basketball universe is paying attention to this shit. Because it's like, no way this shit continues tonight. You about to play Kobe. Kobe's the best player in the league. The Lakers just won a championship. This ends the night. Yeah. He goes out there and drops 38 points on Kobe and the Lakers, and they win the game on a national televised game. And that's when the shit just exploded. And they got all these different age. They got Lucy Liu, all these different age people. And they're explaining how historically Asian men are viewed as frail, unmasculine, small dick, Un, you know, just, yeah, the comedian guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, that was uh, the, the YouTuber boy. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah, he got but, he got a couple Netflix specials. Yeah, yeah, too. but he's funny. Hasamana, Hasamana. He was basically like, "Yo, we watched like our entire race get like respect on an athletic level that we never." He's like, "I remember getting passed over in gym class all the time, yeah, all the time, simply because you just you Asian." No one's fucking thinking you can play any sport or this and the third. And so it goes past the game with Kobe and them to the game with the Raptors. And he was like, that game, that moment, I, when that shit happened, I'm like, this is some Paul Bunyan shit that we're going to get to tell our kids about. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment I'm speaking about, Jeremy Lin got the ball off the rebound, 20 seconds left, and he waved off the pick and roll. And Tyson Chandler, Amon Shuffer Sh- Sh- was like, wait, you don't want to pick and roll? <laughs> And Tyson Sheridan was like, yo, when he waved me off, I'm just like, he about to bury this motherfucker. Yeah. And they was like, we never saw, he's like, no, the, the uh, Haman Asad was like, yo, straight up and down. The last time I saw this from an Asian man was in a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> right. That's the last time I saw an Asian man on some, I'm about to fuck everybody in this room up. Yeah. He waved them off. And then literally the older comedian boy was like, everybody was texting Yo, did you see the wave off? Did you see the wave? Did you see the wave? Because it's like Asian men don't do yeah, that. There's some alpha shit. Some big, he was like the big dick energy that that, ex- like, you never saw that. He's like, we never saw Yao do no shit like that. Yeah. Like, watch out. He's like, because you know who does that? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. He's like, it was some Babe Ruth shit. Everybody get the fuck out the way I got this. Call this shot. And then buried it. And it's just like, it made me think that they go into the, the Asian hate. And, all, and it just made me really sit there just like, damn, that shit. It, it was like a civil rights moment probably for them. Yeah. It's a really, really. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it's a super duper liberating that shit story. Is, it's a, li- you, you, I felt good after yeah. like, God. And yeah, me you, and my girl watched it together a couple months ago and she was into it. She was like, yo, I didn't even know about duh, this. Like, and, this and, is crazy. And then you really look at it where it's like this motherfucker was about to be cut and out of the NBA the next day and he wound up earning $70 million in his playing career after that shit. And it's just like, God damn, like you got to respect Jeremy Lin, dog. Like, because I thought it was just going to be about some sports shit. Like a nigga getting a shot and, you know, playing good. Yeah. And it goes so much deeper than that. So much into, like, the... Lucy Lou was crying. She was like, I literally... It made me think... And the, the one older guy was like, I think back to how Asian parents kind of, like, just force you to just... He's like, it literally me. My parents wanted me to be a doctor. And if you're not a doctor, you're a failure. Yeah. And he's like, I think about looking at Jeremy Lin where his dad and his mother helped him get to the NBA because that was his dream. And it made me think about how many older Asians are really going to help their children with that dream. 
as opposed to being a doctor or a scientist or, a prof, you know, to, uh, a fucking engineer or whatever. It, it, it really is a good-ass yeah. tugger. It's a good-ass no, documentary. It's, it's excellent. And they did it in 38 minutes. Yeah, in 38 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, the shit was, it was decent. It was a good-ass documentary. I, I was, that was, that was definitely the best joint I've watched this week. Yeah, for sure. No, that shit was bomb. Yeah. Anything else you want to discuss? Yeah, I want to wrap up. I think we need to do this on the big show. Um, okay. About two weeks ago, a fan, some family drama unfolded in, on social media. Let me see that, And it came from an unlikely place. It came, family drama? Family drama. A family. Famous family. And it unfolded from a family that we did not expect or could imagine that this would come from. Master P oh, is okay. hip hop royalty. Yeah. Um, he has become, you know, as famous, as face, as name recognizable as anyone in hip hop history. He's a legend. Um, at a time where artists from the South were not widely respected by hip hop, at a time where they were thought to be like, you know, slow or not up on their business and stuff like that. Master P was able to go out to and through Priority Records um, and negotiate one of the greatest splits and greatest mm -hmm. deals in music history, not just hip hop. And that cemented him in hip hop culture and in business culture. He was on Forbes and the whole nine and worth 400 million and all these investments and da 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 da. And it, it, it made it to where Master P essentially became unflappable in the eyes of many people in and around black culture. Mm -hmm. So, so to see his son come out and basically say, my dad is full of shit. Mm -hmm. My dad is a shyster. He's a scheme artist. He's running like a family style Ponzi scheme. Uh, my brothers and sisters didn't have, you know, money to go to college He's faking and, you know, living in this house and trying to make it seem like we're doing better than what we are. He's throwing everybody's money into one big pot in order to keep up appearances and to suffice his own image. And this just made his, me think about something. I got to go ahead. His handle his tax problems and his other business improprieties and this, this, that, and the third. And it flipped the Internet upside down to where people essentially had to pick a side. And the vast majority of people, probably 80% of people was like, Romeo's ungrateful, he's full of shit, this is crazy, how dare you, blah, 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 Master P is an icon, he put you on potato chips and da, 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 And people that were second and third level thinkers looked at this situation and said, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. And certain people in and around culture that might have had different dealings with Master P and stuff like that. All of these old stories that were kind of like summarily dismissed when they were happening started to come back to the forefront where you realize like the P and Master P might be for pimp. Mm -hmm. And he was pimping his family. He tried to pimp Kodak Black. Um, there's people that feel like and see murder feels like this, that he left his brother out the dry. Um, and that he didn't do all that he could do in order to try to help see out of that situation because the way that he got, um, the way that he got convicted was like in a very unscrupulous type of way because Louisiana is one of the only states in the union where 
you don't have to have a unanimous jury mm. in order to be found guilty. It would guilty. be a hung jury in other places. W- was, was, was enough to convict him and stuff like this. And it's one of those situations where now all of these stories are starting to bubble back up to the forefront. And you just kind of like, damn. Master P did like one or two good deals and he been like riding the wave of that his whole career. And we might need to really like take a look into this. So you have all of these different situations where now when you like read into them, you're like, wait a minute, Master P doesn't own the catalog, the no limit no more. I think the producers got it. When the fuck did that happen? And then you find out Master P when Lone Limit was starting to wind down, he was just basically going into priority offices and telling Brian Leach these crazy, like, mm-hmm. sales numbers and stuff like that. And basically, he he leveraged the company. And le- if people don't understand, leveraging in business means you basically place an, a certain amount of equity of your business on the line in lieu of, uh, like, a cash influx or investment or whatever from like a third party. So he basically placed no limit on the line up against, give me the 12 million. We going to sell X, Y, Z completely missed the mark on those numbers, blah, blah, blah. And through that, it led to a federal court proceeding that uh, for whatever reason, nobody knew about, but it led to a federal court proceeding where P got sued by priority for breach of contract. And he got sued by Beats by the Pound, which were the in-house producers for No Limit, because he was not paying out his royalties and the pub money and this and this and this as per the schedule or whatever that was agreed upon in these different contracts. So he got found in breach of contract, he overleveraged the company, and he lost the rights to No Limit as a company and the back catalog to Beats by the Pound, which were the in-house producers, producers. because he wasn't paying anybody. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you examine that and then you look at it and then you're like, there's an IRS lien here. There's an IRS probe here. There's this, 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 and this. Somebody with a brain can look at this and be like, wait a minute. Maybe Romeo is is telling the truth. And it becomes a situation where, again, all of these stories start to come back out. There was a situation with Kodak Black where he, Kodak kept getting a little stupid shit, this, this, and this. P reached out to him on like, I want to mentor you, da, 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 but you got to pay me. And then Kodak was like, what the fuck? Like, you called me. Like, how you going to tell me that I need a mentor <laughs> and then I got to pay you? Like what, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And there was this particular situation that basically, like, led them to, like, led Kodak to be like, oh, no, pee on some fuck shit. Get this nigga out of here. Where he uh was part, trying to do this book bag drive, and Kodak was like, no, nah, you know, I want to give these kids in Broward County, I want to give them Jan Sports, I want to give them, like, name brand stuff. I want them going to school, feeling good, and this, 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 and this. And they were supposed to do this book bag drive and split it 50-50, and it ballooned from 40000 to 100000 And P like, oh, well, if you want the Jan Sports, that's going to be way more money, and this, and this is going to be 100000 And then Kodak went and had somebody on his team go and vet the situation out and found out it was, like, 60000 So it went from forty to sixty. P said it went from forty to hundred to where it's like his 50% was going to be paid out from Codex. 60 from Codex half or whatever, and P wasn't going to put no money up, but he was going to put his name on it and his face on it and get the pub of, oh, me and Kodak Black did a book bag drive in Broward mm-hmm. County, and it's like stuff like that. And then it's like you start to realize, like, damn, like, P kind of, like, full of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got people that are just like, oh, no, Romeo and Grateful, his dad did this, this, and this. But it's like, yo, what's to be said for this – P having the infrastructure, but his son 
being the literal sweat equity to push forward this overall agenda of this generational family of the Miller family where it's like Romeo sold some records. He didn't sell the most records, but he had a number one record and this and this and a gold album here, a platinum album here, da, da, da. But then he was on television for five years with Nickelodeon and stuff like that. So it's like you push forward through all of these situations. And then Romeo was like, yo, I'm just now in 2022, about to be 2023, getting my first royalty from like rap snacks. Like I've never seen none of that money. Like, and then you hear P go on an interview with Nino Brown, which was ridiculous, by the way. It's just like, so let me get this straight. You want to clear your name at a venue with a nigga that got on like a crown from the party supply yeah. store. And this is how we supposed to believe that like, this is just all bullshit. And Romeo was just making yeah. it up. You know what I'm saying? Where then you dig deeper into you realize see murder. Don't fuck with him. Soak the shocker. Don't fuck with him. And it's like, why misappropriation of funds, the Ponzi scheme that was fucking no limit. And you basically using all of this goodwill that you had created from the beginning of that initial no limit run and the 400 million and this and this and this to trick people into believing that you're still doing good business. When in reality, everything else you've done has failed. Mm -hmm. The masterpiece sneaker failed. He had an endorsement deal with Converse. Instead of him sticking with that, he went and created his own shoe thinking, Oh, I'm big enough to sell my own product and manufacture da, 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 da. And then that failed. Then you realize like, Oh damn, the new shoe brand, he got Minyati. That shit is a failure. And it's just like all of these different things that went on, and you just like, yo, like, P really, like, ain't that nigga. And then you have, like, Wack 100, who said this a year ago, and nobody listened to him because he's Wack 100 because the conversation came up about who has more money, Nick Cannon or Master P. And he's like, yo, Nick Cannon, like, about four, five, six hundred million up, like, and, and can prove it. He can show you liquid. He don't disclose his information to you know, these publications and all that because he don't want people in his business. But I know Nick Cannon. We in business together. Like, Nick Cannon Rich is a motherfucker. Yeah, like, Wildin' Out is a billion-dollar franchise on his face. Wildin' Out got so big in 10 years that MTV looked back and was like, wait, we don't own none of this. Like, I'm about to fuck you up. Did you know Wildin' Out has a channel? A channel? On Samsung TV, they have their own channel. That's nuts. It's wilding out 24-7. And now they're touring with Live Nation selling out arenas. Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 like they have their own, I'm arenas. not making that up. That's they have crazy. their own channel. Like wilding out is a billion. They have wilding out restaurants. They're about to do like a wilding like out. six, wilding out <laughs> 10. Wilding out 10. They're about to do like, they're about to do like wilding out integrations on like a hospitality level, like at hotels and shit like that. Like wilding out themed bars and stuff like this. And he's like, yo, it's like, Master P ain't got no fucking money. And this is why Wack 100 said this a year. I was like, Master P ain't got no fucking money. That nigga broke. He was like, he lost the catalog. People were like, what you mean he lost the catalog? Like, he lost the catalog. Look the shit up. And then you go and you find it. Ross sent us the excerpt mm -hmm. from Pimp C's book where he's like, yo, Master P lost the catalog, the Beast by the Pound, years ago. Like 15 years ago. So you think that, you know, if Cash Money's back catalog, they say it produces 30 to $50 million a year, you would think that his shit would at least produce five to 15. Mm -hmm. But he, he don't because he don't own the shit. So now KLC and all the Beast by the Pound guys are making this money or whatever the case may be. And then now, most recently, a Philly guy, Omi and the Hellcat, he's talking about it. And he's like, yo, I believe Romeo. I stand with Romeo. Master P is full of shit. I know people that done business with him, and he shices them 
out of like business opportunities and stuff like that. He said he knows a shoe manufacturer that moved to China to be closer to the manufacturing process and da da da. He's a design guy. He moved there to be close to the manufacturing process. He had a uh, like a like a net sixty net ninety invoice whatever whatever that was due to Master P whatever that was supposed to pay for like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for inventory and in China terms that's who knows how much shit you getting for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in one order so the guy sends the stuff out and then P was like yeah if you don't give me the patents and all of the copyrights to the shoe designs and all of that I'm not gonna pay you. Like shit like that. Mm-hmm. And this is like, wait, like, what is this backdoor shit that you're doing? Like, you Master P, what's $120,000 to Master P? And then you realize, like, oh, he's broke. And he's been broke for a long time. And he's been able to ride off of his name and just throw product at us. But in reality, we don't even know that any of this product ever sells. You ever see, went in somebody's house and they had some icon noodles in the house? I ain't gonna hold you. I had them noodles down Carolina. Jones good as shit. <laughs> I don't know who's buying them. <laughs> Them Jones, all right. Like yeah, my mom loved the Jones with Boosie on it. Like, Jones with Boosie, exactly. <laughs> and we've been basically led to believe that Master P and Romeo own Rap Snacks, when in reality, James Lindsay, the the owner of it from Philly, headquartered in Miami, never relinquished any ownership of his company. And it's like, and all P owns is these offshoots of product that de- de- that delineate from the original. Rap Snacks mm-hmm. umbrella and whatever James Lindsay's overall food production company yeah, is. License deals, that's enough to, to, to survive. To float them. Yeah. But in reality, like, it's not no 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year that you would think somebody with so much name and face recognition is making. And this is actually what Omi said. He did an interview with uh, Say Cheese, and this is what he said. I want to actually play part of it. <laughs> Romeo recently spoke out on his dad, Master P, and he says um, he never touched his own money because it went to pay Master P's taxes. All my siblings are broke. Never had money for college. We're living check to check. I believe it. I believe it. And the most important thing that came out of that whole thing is, like, towards the end, he like, if you look up, like, the history of Rap Snacks, it literally says that, you know, James Lindley sold it. You know, and one of the acquirers was uh, Little Romeo. So for the whole time, I'm thinking Little Old Romeo was the main owner of Rap Snacks. You know what I'm saying? And he just came out and said, James, after 15 years, James Lindley, which is an amazing person, by the way, that dude is is, is literally the shit. Yeah, he's, from, he's from Philly too, right? Yeah, yeah, but he, yeah, he, he down in, like, I went down to his office and met him uh, in Miami. In Miami, yep. Real good dude, like, you know what I mean? Um, James is incredible, man, like, but, you know, James, he, he, when he said James is making sure that I get my first check ever cut yep, I see for, for a company that I endorsed and, and promoted for 15 years without ever making a penny. It's crazy. And, and, and no, everyone is saying how ungrateful he is. Like, no one's checking up on his mental. Like, this man, this kid can be pro- possibly about to kill himself. Like, you don't know what's going on in that kid's mind. And the first thing, oh, you ungrateful. Like, no, he's a grown man. He, he's not a kid anymore. He's a grown man who... who who shielded his father for years, and he just once was, you know, what's his, was rightfully his. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, James is able to give him that because somebody else would be like, nigga, you take it up with your dad. I, you ain't getting shit from me. I already paid that 15 years ago. You know, for, for James to even step up and like, yo, I'm going to start making sure you get your royalties, it, it, it's dope to me, honestly. Yeah, man, I, I hate to see family go at it online. You hate it, but... 
is kind of what he needed because everyone, when you think of Master P, you think of, you put him in the faces of like a Magic Johnson of, 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 of great businessmen that you don't, yep. that you will never think could ever, in reality, he's no fucking Magic Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Just another piece of shit with money. Just another piece of shit with money. Mm. Hey, man. So this is somebody who's a multimillionaire himself that's in certain circles that's talking to people on manufacturing, distribution level, people that are leaders of industry, influencers, stuff like that, to where it's like, he initially, he just immediately said, I believe Romeo. Like, it's, it's not even a second thought. Mm-hmm. Because he's hearing the conversations and the whispers of what's going on around here, but most, the average person is just so blinded by the brand of Master right. P and No Limit that they can't even see a world where this is even, like, remotely true. And it's, it's, it just sucks that it had to play out in public. But like Omi said, it's kind of one of them situations where it's like, he probably needed this to where it's like, yo, Stop lying to everybody. Like, at some point, like, you've been called to the curtain. you got to stop fucking lying. And if you've been making sure Romeo was straight and this and this all these years, show the fucking receipts. Show the flow of the money from Rap Snacks to here, to here, da 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 Show the money that went from Nickelodeon to Romeo. You can't produce it because it didn't happen. And because he's, again, Master P, the average person is just like, oh, man, get the fuck out of here, Romeo, on some bullshit, this, this, and this. Y'all lived in the house with 24-karat gold fixtures. Yeah, that's why the family was broke, doing stupid-ass shit like that. I remember his house from Cribs, and I remember thinking, like, yo, I'm, I, that's the coldest I'm house. I'm the only <laughs> owner of a platinum gold tank. Yeah. <laughs> that house was crazy. Remember he had the, the Impala to change colors yeah. and all that shit? Yeah. And it's like, yo, you look at all of the different artists that got close to P over the last few years. They get close and immediately like, nope, this ain't get get right away from. Them. Did you did, not random? Did you see Birdman Louisiana Mansion is like abandoned? Ba- abandoned, yeah. They left it crazy after Katrina. He probably cashed out on insurance money and yeah, just left that, that shit. Is there, yeah, yeah. crazy. Oh, I still got that. Oh shit, <laughs> that's in the portfolio. <laughs> I still got that joint. Sure, name's something. Yeah, they supposed to put a super fresh down the street. <laughs> like, yeah, I might go get that joint, like. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy when you sit back and think about business ethos and business procedure. When you, you know, like, because when we was young, all we knew was Russell Simmons, Puff Daddy, Dame Dash, Suge Knight, Master mm-hmm. P. You know Jay Prince. You know these names. Yeah. And then you look up and you just like, Suge and Puffy were not the same. At all. At all. Suge blew up a $500 million company just trying to be a gangster. At all. Jay Prince and Master P might not be the same. No. At all. And Master P learned from Jay Prince, but he obviously didn't learn enough. Look at Dame and Hove. You realize they are two completely different people. Absolutely. Two completely different ethos, two completely different ways of procedure. So it's just, you know, I think at the end of the day, we overvalue money as a society. And because of that, that will lead us down a path of, respecting people who don't necessarily need it or not respecting people who do deserve the shit mm-hmm. simply based off of money. That's a what, bar. No, nah, real shit. You ever watch Entourage? If you ever watch Entourage season five, remember when uh, Andrew Klein became, uh, he got on with Ari and Babs mm-hmm. and Babs is like, why do you want him? He works down in the Valley and he was like, dog, I'm looking at his numbers. His, he's got a good agency that we can take on. He just has a cash flow issue. Because she was like, he's a loser, da 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 But then you realize once he brought him on, like, he was the reason they got Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. 
And it was like, yo, he's not fucked up. Just the issue with, remember, the the whole writer strike and all of that shit. But his business model is actually very, very good. And we do that a lot of times in life where it's like, oh, you got some money, you big bro. Somebody recently was like, bitches got money, niggas is calling them big bro. (laughs) (laughs) Big bro, whoever got some money. Yeah, Moneybag Yo said niggas will call a baby big bro if he got some bread. Seriously. So we overvalue money and we look at it like Master P has just been... He's been equal to money his whole life. Mm-hmm. You just never not thought about Master P and yeah, not just four hundred million, four hundred million, four hundred million, four hundred million dollars. So the thought that that might not be the case doesn't even resonate for people. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but you then, but then you dig into it and you like, he doesn't own the catalog to no limit. The gas station shit was a colossal fail. That was his first failed business venture. The sneaker company failed. The rim company failed. So it's like you look, you go down the line and you like, wait, well, where did his money come from? Because if you're making capital investments in all of these companies and all of them go belly up, and then you I had to have payroll, and this, marketing, this, this, and this and this throughout this the whole this, time, this, when this, did you make money? This isn't even a knock, but I kind of knew when Master P had the sports agency thing and he had Ricky Williams. Remember that whole debauchery mm-hmm. with the deal where Ricky got his deal and it was all incentive? And it was like, yo, Ricky Williams has to rush for 4,400 yards <laughs> to make some money Today. this year. <laughs> got to rush for 4,000 yards a game to yeah, make some bread. To make some bread. Crazy, crazy part, right? The lawyer that Master P hired is uh, you know, a family friend around my way from 49th Street or whatever. And he told Ricky, don't take the deal. But it wasn't even P. Ricky wanted that deal. Because he felt like he was going to come in and earn it and all this crazy It's like, shit. no, nigga, the NFL draft is slotted in a certain way for a certain reason. Why, would you, give, why would you give up any form of guaranteed money? Yeah. If anything, take a BS uh, set salary and take your money in all signing bonus or whatever, but you don't take an incentive-laden deal where it's like you have to hit performance measures in the most physical sport known to man. Mm-hmm. This is dumb. This is ridiculous. That's a good jump. I got a couple of topics I want to save. We're going to do on Patreon. Uh, big jump. Yeah, I got a bunch more. Well, the big jump you made me think about in that jump, but I definitely want good because we can dig into on Patreon. The issue with Big Scar and his funeral expenses mm-hmm. and then P&B Rock's girlfriend coming out with that whole yeah. life insurance. We can do that on Patreon. So if you're not on a Patreon, get on at patreon.com slash official TRP. We're going to be talking about life insurance. On yeah, that, that next sure. episode, because that's a conversation that needs to be had. You got anything else you want to throw off? Uh, oh, yeah. Also on Patreon in a separate show, I want to talk about how... Thank you, y'all. Bless you. My bad. I want to talk about I how... I don't know what you're going on. I'm doing choking. I want to talk about how... Nobody's talking about this, so I'm going to be the first one to throw it out there. Lil Durk has surpassed Lil Baby mm. in this present hip-hop game, and I got a whole nine-point bulletin on how and why this took place. Little Dirk is, I, I'm. You know, I think yo, Little Dirk figured out the jail shit. He, he figured out getting you. He he, he they wasn't counting the, the JPay cells and all the JPay cells and the streams and all that from the jails. He figured it out, and because he tell everybody, my shit get played more in the jails than any motherfucking artist in the world. Amen. Also, I think something that plays a big big uh, thing with that is, I could be wrong. Little Dirk is the guy from Chicago. Little Baby is not the guy from Atlanta. He's a guy. He's a guy. He ain't the guy. But he ain't the guy. And I look at it almost same as like boxing, where it's like 
Floyd got like the gamblers. You know what I'm saying? But like, because yeah. only gamblers like Floyd yeah. in America. You know, they're, they're his only the safe money. Yeah. But you look at Canelo Alvarez has the whole Mexico. Felix had the whole Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Ricky Hatton had the whole Great Britain. Pacquiao has the whole Philippines. And Cotto had the whole PR. You see what I'm saying? And I look at it like Dirk got the whole Chicago. Like he's the guy in Chicago. Lil Baby is like one of many out of Atlanta. Because it's like you got future, you still got Jeezy, you got, yeah. you know, you got all these guys. Dirk, like, Dirk made a lot of very strategic moves that we're going to talk about um, as far as how he did this and um, what he did and what's coming out on the other side of it. Yeah, did you see all of them unfollowing Gunna? Yeah. yeah. It's getting nasty. Little Dirk dissed him too. Yeah. Is to, that actual What happened to Virgil? He probably going to tell. That's a diss. Hmm. And, on, and on walk, and on, uh, the song Mad Max with Future, he said, uh, he said I could have been on that Rico. I called Thug on the phone, told him every nigga I shot. So certain people are taking shit more personal than others. And Dirk is somebody that's really living like that. Like, he ain't playing. They had Dirk on video in <laughs> a shootout with him and Vaughn shooting some niggas in front of the varsity. You know what the varsity is in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very popping area. Yeah. The, um, it's like shooting a nigga in front of the Met. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get into that on T on uh I was about to say on the Met on uh Patreon. Live show this Sunday. Sunday TRPE6.com. TRPE6.eventbrite.com. Got some final tickets we need. So um we're gonna have some fun, man. We are. Uh Patreon tomorrow. For show, for show. For show. Um for I got, shit show, as I, they say. I got nothing else. We love y'all, man. We appreciate y'all. Everybody out in the new YouTube community, salute to y'all. Oh, yeah. We, we Shout love out y'all, to y'all, man. man. Uh, Umar video still going crazy. Keep running them numbers up. We're trying to get to a half a ticket. Uh, we about like 335, 340 right now. We just want to keep pushing that, man. Shout out to anybody that's just now discovering us, discovering the channel, whatever. Appreciate the 2,500 new followers. Yeah, right. no, nah, it's just going crazy, man. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all, man. Keep sharing the content. Keep viewing the content. Keep telling us you love us. Keep telling us you hate us. It all helps with the algorithm, man. Make sure y'all subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at sign TRPE, or you're going to just search TRPE. It's going to pop right up. Um, that be us. That be me, Chad, Matthew, Big Daniel. I got nothing else. We out of here. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up, up, up. At participating McDonald's.